Welcome everybody to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy and this is Instincts. Uh, this is the show where we talk to interesting people such as yourself. We learn your life story and possibly today some controversy. And then we uh, go through that, extract some knowledge nuggets from your existence and try to better ourselves off of it. And that's kind of what we do over here on this very show. It's not your typical interview experience. It's just different. Um, with that, in order to get us off started, we need to know where a young instinct starts his life. Just like the very origin point for this. Damn, y'all. I actually come from a little small town called Delson, bro. Delson used to be a fucking forest area, bro. Before they started building all those big blocks and shit, yo, we used to chill around there. What's the forest Delson? was the spot, bro. Yeah, Delson's right off the South Shore, too. It's, mm. it's right fucking... You, you know, you know, St. Constant, fucking Candiac and shit. I right mean, next to all that. Me, like everyone else, the main takeaway is... Like, if you have Montreal here, and then you go off of Montreal, and there's civilization, this is when the civilization <laughs> becomes forest. <laughs> Bro, you, you got you got mini Montreal, you got Longay. Yeah. Right after that's La Prairie, and then I'm like, right after that, you know, so that's right like after a La Prairie. Far-ass distance by, like, public transit. You, you need a car territory. <laughs> you know, you need a car. Bro, there's parking out here. There's fucking parking everywhere. So. <laughs> No, nah, it was a small ass town though. Small ass town, not much people. So, shit blew up though, and now it's just going crazy out there. Yeah, everybody it's developing. Yeah, because big money in that shit, and a lot of people be like, "I can Fuck. work from home. Why do I need to not stay just in that. the city no more?" Bro, it's fifteen minutes away from the city. Fifteen minutes from Cord downtown, you know. So it's like mm. shit sells out quick. So yeah, with that though, we have a proper opening question. It's a bit more of a story, but we just need to know where it starts so that when we start talking about it, people are gonna know us up. So remember, it's the middle of nowhere, Quebec. And <laughs> I mean, okay, a little bit better than that, but basically, it's yeah. not the city, city, uh, and it's Quebec, Fuck no. and it's I think it's a, a bilingual part of Quebec over there, right? Like pretty mixed. I mean, yeah, pretty mixed. All right. So with that. My whole thing starts off with my girlfriend. One time she'd be washing the dishes and she'd be playing her, uh, that, playing on her phone that Black Eyed Peas song, the, I got a feeling, ooh. And she's vibing and she's dancing. So I look at her and I had this thought, like, when in the fuck did this shit become chores music, right? Because, like, if you think about this track and you run it back, like, 10, 11 years, this shit be, like, celebration times, <laughs> middle of the nights, everybody's dancing in circles super drunk, or your young uh, you're still dancing. Hyped. And then 10 years goes by, and song doesn't really change at all because it's a song, but we change so much that now we put that shit on when we be doing chores or working out or some shit, and we're trying to go back to being younger and partying and whatnot in our minds because we're doing some super boring stuff. And I just had this big, like, wow about music, right? Like, songs don't change, but we have such different relationship with songs as they evolve that, like, the whole context changes at different phases of our lives. It got me thinking about them 20-year-olds. They be partying now. They got the drill. They don't even know that this is what they're going to wash dishes to. Like, they don't know. I hear pop smoke. I start washing dishes to that shit, like, pretty much right away. It skipped the line for me. But I bring all this up because, like, when you start talking to artists and you start watching these interviews and you start seeing how, like, people tell their story, 
magically everybody's like 10 12 years old when they start and they're already rappers just instantly and they all of a sudden fall in love with hip-hop like nothing else existed in their life beforehand and it's kind of weird how like nobody really goes into the beginning of the story right everybody just starts it at that point and i say that because i can remember being like you know like five years old up in montreal in like the crib or whatnot my dad's got these gray boxes all over the room the preamp and the amp and the radio and the tape deck he's got wires going around to like this ghetto surround sound he had built up in the crib busting his like led zeppelin tapes and shit like that or at nighttime oh, yeah, that mc mario club makes edm shit would be popping <laughs> off in the room my mom's it was more like discos and musicals and love songs and star 92.9s and just this whole like <laughs> different vibe and shit but all of that was still around me right i have no control over it it's just sounds i'm forced to listen to all this music and it really impacted me up until this day so it just got me wondering mr instincts if you could bring us back to being the youngest instincts you can remember being and tell us what Bro. it sounded like to be you before you could control the music in your life Bro, bro, this shit started way back. I mean, we were, fuck, what, 12, 13? I even, we actually had a band, bro. Nah, even we before, no, I'm saying before going. that, before you got into the band, when you were, like, young, young, what was the kind of shit that you heard in the household? Bro, when we was young, 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 what I could remember way back when was, uh, honestly, when my parents split up, That's that's about where I could remember. And uh, when they split up, you know, my mom went somewhere and I lived with my dad. And uh, my dad was a heavy rocker, fucking Led Zeppelin, you know, shit like that. Fucking ACDC, always banging everywhere. But he kind of forced me into fucking instruments. He always tried to make me learn guitar, learn guitar, bro. I never was able to fucking play guitar. I was trying and trying and I was never able to. And uh, they had a little uh, setup in the basement with the drum, the mic, the guitars, you know, and they always jamming, jamming. And I was in my room fucking playing with the Sega and shit. You know, I was like, I don't want nothing to do with this shit. And uh, eventually so you're my dad they had a whole ass jam space in the basement in your crib. <laughs> so like, even if you didn't have no interest in it, you still had all that gear and shit just in the basement. Your dad would be jamming all out with the homeboys, making their all own. Of it. They, were they like in a band themselves making their own music? Nah, nah, nah. See, it was, uh, we have a big family. We're, we were living, uh, I think we were like 10 in the same fucking house, you know? So I got, personally, I got five brothers and then, you know, five brothers. There's two with the wives, there's the kids, there's this. There, we, were, we were a total of 10 in the house, you know? And then, my one of my brother's wives was a great singer i mean she was fucking pretty dope so she was always on the microphone i had two other brothers always playing the guitar and then my dad was drumming in the back you know and uh it shit sounded cool you know it was pretty hype i mean uh i tried not to take part of it in the first couple of years you know i was always trying to like yo i don't like this kind of music you know i never really liked that kind of music way back then I, I was an aspiring uh, drug dealer, fucking gangster, pimping out girls and shit. You know, that, that was my vision of the future, you know? You uh, know, when you're a fucking young, young little guy listening to these rappers, you know, you're like, oh, okay. fuck when yeah, did you, when, did you, when did you start listening to music? Like, yourself? Like, when did Bro, you? Bro, like I say, when I was around that age is what I 12, think, 13? It, no, even a bit before. I was maybe like 10 nine ten years old you know nine ten years old listening to fucking uh who who was it it was uh m one of my favorite artists back 
then I think would be uh, I, I was gonna go with Eminem. It was the Eminem era, so I, I was listening to Eminem, Dr. Dre, fucking Snoop Dogg, Easy, all those old old school rappers. You know, uh, I remember uh, I was mixing that up with uh, I, I like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I liked fucking uh, ACDC was one Metallica. I was listening to a whole bunch of fucking so, genres. So how are you finding music? Like, technologically, was, are you buying it? Were you on the internet? Like, how are you finding new music? Bro, we was broke as fuck. What do you think you were getting? Our, you know, we, we, were, we were not buying CDs. We weren't fucking... We, we didn't have digital platforms like Spotify and shit. What we had was your parents' fucking computer in the basement. LimeWire and a bunch of viruses. <laughs> yeah, we were illegally downloading all the tracks. My boy would, I had one of my boys, I guess he was pretty, uh, his dad was wealthy, you know, so his dad bought him everything. And then I would hear the songs at his place playing from like a, a CD or a cassette tape. And I was like, yo, I need this track. And then I'd fucking go to my house, type that shit up on LimeWire and fucking download that shit. And then I had a little fucking MP3. It was about this big. Plug in my earphone jack, press play, and I'd be bobbing my head to it everywhere, you know? So it, it was fucking cool back then, you know? Had enough room for, what, 100 tracks maybe in my little MP3 fucking... Yeah, it was cool. It was portable. It was somewhat cheap, and it was discreet, you know? <laughs> it's true, no, I was, it, man. It, People wildly would hide playing music. People put the hair over or something, whatever. Just yeah, to, like, hide bro, the it's like, you know, no one, you didn't want anyone to know what you were listening to, really. You know, it's like, yo, what track are you listening to? Uh, skip a couple. Uh, this track, you know, it's like, yo, <laughs> that's bullshit, you know? Mm. But no, man, it, it was a hype time. It was a really hype time. That's what got me into music, though. It, it's just a... Uh, the, the flows were different. That's why I like to mix the the old school rock and the, the hip hop and the rap. And the, I, I was never really into dubstep, EDM, all that shit. You know, I was more into rock and hip hop. In that time, I think rock was actually more popular than hip hop. You know, so, so I was at least like it was winning rebel. more awards, whether or not it yeah, was more popular. Exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't really, you know, like nowadays nowadays no, now it's I undeniably is... rock is in some weird places where depending on who you ask it's dying and depending on who you ask it's not but the guitar sales are definitely down yeah a lot is down but i mean you go to a live show to these fucking rock artists and i mean bro they're they're playing all the strings live the drummers fucking live everything's fucking on point you know it's fucking nice it's actually a really nice show it's just not really i don't know it's, it's not what it used to be you know yeah i mean i haven't really followed rock music at all in the last few years to be honest with you almost none of the new bands that i've heard have caught my attention maybe i'm old maybe i don't care enough to go digging for the good shit then it's out there <laughs> yeah i mean that's more I'm, what it well i'm happy to go to live events and watch bands perform but like I just rarely like is just two thousand three's music still, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just one of my boys one of my boys is in a rock band, you know, and it's like uh 
he, he's the drummer in it and he's got the double pedal going on the fucking he, bro he, he's done a song and he's drenched in sweat you know like he's fucking heart all out on the drums bro he is fucking intense but i mean his music i do not like at all <laughs> i just like his performance his performance is fucking nice i love it i really love it i mean shout out to him right now he knows i'm talking about him but you know <laughs> nah but it's like here's the thing like performing it's a whole vibe and now like it seems to be people want like these dancey intense performances where you jump around and shit and like i'm not saying that like i don't know but even in rock music you kind of have that high energy too but like I just don't know. Maybe the rock bands are bad at marketing because, like, I don't hear from them. Like, I don't even hear well, from the Montreal the ones, you know? Well, it's because you look at – you were talking about, what, 92.9 or some shit before, yeah. you know? All, all these big channels all have, what, pop, hip-hop, and fucking EDM on these channels, you know? Right. So what's the only fucking rock channel – that everybody knows it's shown 97.7 right wasn't also 99.9 the buzz or is that dead ah that's alternative that's very alternative you know it goes from it's not not a show is the only fucking rock station okay okay i'll tell you 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 put 9.99 on bro i just know this because where i used to work that's all they would put it's fucking showman and showman every single day for I think I worked there for three years, you know, and every single day I would hear the same fucking tracks over and over. It's like, bro, make room for the new artists. You know, there's no fucking new artists playing anymore. So it's always the same old tracks, old tracks. That's okay. why it's dying as well. It, it, all these other channels with the pop and the hip hop, you hear these new artists coming out and you're like, oh, this is a good artist. And then you go fucking discover this new artist and the new artist and there's always new artists. Shom is. I mean, I don't picture bro. new rock when I hear Shom. For me, Shom is the classic, the classic rock. Exactly. Which it's now might be two thousand, two thousand and four might be classic rock. I don't know when classic rock starts, but that's almost twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, that's the thing, though. It's like, damn, you still hear, you still hear these fucking classic tracks on uh, 95, 92.5, all that shit. But I mean. You're also hearing the new stuff that just came out, you know? That's fair. So that that's just cool. And I used to, like, back in the day, listen to the buzz back when it was alternative but played mostly rock. Like, it really yeah. was mostly rock, like, 2008, 2009. Like, back then, it was pretty fire. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, like, I used to, like, bump that, get my, like, fix of new artists and radio hits that were curated to me. But then Spotify came and... That's what's killing the radio, you know? Uh, here's the thing i'm like the worst person for music consumption in the last few years of my life everything i listen to is highly governed by who the fuck i'm interviewing and who the fuck i'm reviewing <laughs> and that's like a lot of my music listening and that distorts okay. everything so the algorithms don't know shit about me <laughs> <laughs> i don't no, even know who up. i'm reviewing next week so how the fuck you didn't know who i'm reviewing next week <laughs> Uh, bro. But, yeah. but I mean, that, that it's like it goes more for people, uh, I guess, in South Shore, Montreal, anywhere around the world. I'm guessing if you have a car and you're always driving to this and driving there and driving there, the first thing you do is fucking turn on your car and the radio's playing, you know? 
But, bro, I mean, it's been, what, four years, five years? I don't know how many years I've had Spotify. Bro, the radio turns on. It's always, like, some, like I personally do not like Justin Bieber and fucking Ariana Grande and all that bullshit. So that's what's always playing, mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran, you know? So as soon as that shit starts playing, I skip and I go to the next fucking channel, next channel, it's all bullshit. And then I just say, fuck it. Turn on Spotify, put a fucking daily mix on, and then fucking there you go, man. I got music for the whole car right there and back. So, I mean, Spotify is killing it for sure compared to the radio. Yeah, I feel like Spotify does know you instincts a lot better. But then the radio, I don't know. There's too many ads. I can't get through there you ads. Go. I just personally, so I don't. But I don't want to <laughs> act like radio is not hot. It's got love. Apparently, talk radio is yeah. crushing it. And country radio, oof, that shit's crushing it. Yeah, it's actually popping off right now, huh? But I don't know the rest of it. Eh, not my favorite. But that's so basically back in the day, y'all was pirating music. And then I believe you said <laughs> by like 13 years old, you were in a band. Yeah, see, like the way it worked up to that, you know, is like uh, maybe a couple, uh, a year or two later, you know, my dad was always telling me, like, get off the fucking consoles, go play outside, go do this, go do that, you know? <laughs> you know what it was, you know, back in the day. It's like, yeah, we didn't have iPhones and shit. So it's like, okay, no, I'm just going to fucking Super go Nintendos climb trees. And Nintendo 64s and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I still remember my fucking Sega, bro. This shit was awesome. It was like some 2D, bro, a map that was like uh, fucking 100 square fires. It was fucking dope. But yeah, so I, I got kicked out of the house really young. You know, go fucking play outside. You go do this, go do that, like any of us, you know. And uh, I, w- I met one of my boys early on in that age. You know, he lived two streets down from me. And I started going over to his place, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, I don't know. We, we, we had like a a mutual fucking interest to music so it's like like i said you know he would be having all the uh, all the the cds paid for by his dad and then we'd listen to it in his place and then i was like yo this is a dope track dope track i'd actually i had a paper okay and i would write down the track name the artist every time i liked the track i would write it down write it down and then i'd have a huge list take it home get on LimeWire and start fucking downloading all these tracks, you know? But, uh, no, we fucking, we ended up, uh, meeting up with some girl and, uh, this girl was like my first, uh, somewhat girlfriend, you know? And, uh, we started chilling and she (laughs) also liked the music. So we fucking ended up getting all three of us together. And I'm like, yo, let's go to my place. And once we hit up my place, they saw the setup we had with the drum, the guitar, and all that shit. And uh, my dad used to work late, so uh, I hopped on the drum, my boy hopped on the guitar, and uh, the girl hopped onto the mic one day, you know, and we were just fucking around. I was just hitting a bunch of shit. He was just stringing a bunch of shit, and she was just yelling in the mic, you know? We were just doing a bunch of stupid shit. And uh, I guess that went on for... uh, maybe a month, two months, you know, until we got caught. Yeah, One of my brothers came home early from work, you know, and I was not expecting it. And we're all fucking slamming everything. And you know what he did? He just came downstairs. He looked at us and he's like, you guys fucking suck. Ah! (laughs) And then he hopped onto the guitar and he started, like, he was fucking, he was, uh, let's say, in his 20s, 30s, you know. 
and he was fucking just started jamming some crazy shit, you know? And then I'm like, uh, I don't even know how to follow with the drum, you know? And then I just started fucking hitting shit, but like slower and trying to be careful and shit, you know? I didn't want to break nothing. And uh, that's when the, he told my dad, you know, and my dad was fucking pissed, you know? My dad paid, I don't know how much for that drum. And uh, he came downstairs and he was like, you don't touch my shit no more. And he was pissed. And you know, when you're a kid, you get yelled at to not touch something. It, it just makes you want to touch it even more, you know? <laughs> so that's when I started fucking, I guess, learning how to do drums. Fucking just doing like the one, two, three, four, and one, two, you know, shit like that. And then my dad just said, fuck it, you know, I'm going to pay for some uh, lessons. So uh, that, that was around maybe like 10, 11, maybe 12, even, you know, boom, my dad sent me off to a drum school and I started learning Red Hot Chili Peppers, ACDC. I started learning all the bands I liked, how they did their drumming patterns, how they did all that shit, you know? And uh, that's what got me into learning tempos, learning how to read music, learning how to, you know, follow a rhythm, follow a beat. So that really helped out. And that's when I said, fuck it. And I talked to my boy and that girl and I'm like, yo, we got to make a band. And then we ended up, you know, just meeting up after school every other day and fucking started writing some lyrics, trying to make a song and shit, listening to all these other artists and trying to like not mimic, but trying to do what they do, you know? So, I mean, it started off like that. We just fucking started jamming every other day and, we broke up you know until like you know we're kids you fucking man you get over shit real quick you know so it's like it was cool while it lasted maybe like uh i don't know it's maybe a year we did that for a year let's say so you like split off 12 13 jamming out with your peeps learning all about songwriting and like all the live rock side of shit yeah it was until high school. Once we got into high school, it just like we all went our separate ways, you know. And where does your way take you when you go off on that path, bro? When I was in, um, are you still out in the middle of nowhere, Quebec, all this time? Fuck yeah, I'm still in the same place. I was still in the same place till my parents got divorced. So it's like, I think it was uh, in the first year of high school, actually, or it was, yeah, I think it was the first year of high school, the beginning of high school. It's like, uh, I, I used to, you're going to laugh, I used to love English class because uh, my English teacher was fucking not intimate with me, but I mean, she she, she was like, I, I hated school, bro. I hated school. I would walk in, fucking fall asleep for most of the classes and not do my homework, not do anything. I, I hated school except for English class and fucking uh, gym class. You know, I was a fit fucking little kid, you know? And uh, yeah, so when I, when I used to go into um, English class, the teacher would always make us do orals and uh, written stuff and all that stuff, you know? So it's like I discovered in that first year, maybe half the year, that I was good at writing stories and fucking poems. I, I was writing poems, bro. This shit was just... I had a fucking thick ass book and I was just writing poems, writing poems, writing stories, writing and writing and writing, bro. And uh, that's what made me uh, 
how, how, what can I say? It made me develop like a skill, I guess, you know, it's just writing over and over. It makes you like better and better, you know? And uh, I just never had a story to tell. So I used to always make up stories. I, I, I used to just make shit up all the time. Boom, 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 boom. And uh, my teacher, I'm talking about, I was getting A's all the time. You know, I was getting 100% on my fucking rins, 100% on the orals and shit. And uh, once it was like halfway through my first year in high school, my parents actually got divorced, you know, and then I was like, it actually hit me hard. You know, I was not expecting that shit. And you're still young. You still don't understand, like, this love-hate relationship. And you don't understand, really, like, you're not aware. Like, nowadays, I see it, and I'm like, I understand fully. But back then, you know, I took it hard, you know? And then uh, I was at a point in age where all my friends would live in the sector where my dad would live. So I wanted to stay with my dad and my mom fucking was like, no, you're going to stay with me. And then they were fighting for me, you know, and then it ended up I had to do one week of my dad's one week of my mom's, you know, and uh, that's when I started getting stories to write. You know, I started actually feeling I had like a feeling inside and then I'd fucking take it on the paper and start writing. I I never knew I was going to be fucking making music. I just like to write, you know, it's uh. You know, that, that that went on for like, what, maybe uh, till sec two, sec three, whatever. And then around that age, that that's when it hit me. I met one of my boys that I don't talk to anymore, unfortunately. But uh, we, we met up. He was in a, a lower a lower grade. But uh, anyways, he, he, he was in a special class, you know. And uh, we hit it off real good. And we were just talking all the time and shit. And then... Uh, one day, I don't remember what happened, really. It's kind of blank, but uh, we ended up going to my place. We had, um, I had a music program in my computer. So when we went to my place, I'm like, yo, let's open up this music program. Let's fuck around. Open the music program. I had a, <laughs> it was from the PlayStation 2 or the PlayStation 3. They, they had their, their little camera with the mic, you know? Right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyways. You're not even the first person to bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we took that shit, you know. It was in my brother's room. We unplugged it, plugged it into the computer. And then I had a vacuum. I had a central vacuum, you know. You plug it into the wall. And uh, <laughs> so so we put, we put, like, two chairs side to side. We put the vacuum, like, upwards. And we put the, the PlayStation mic in the vacuum, you know. So it's, like, it made a stand for the mic. And then uh, my boy's like, take out one of your poems, you know? And I take out one of my poems. And then we, we just started, like, fucking doing uh, freestyles, I guess, with no beats, you know? Just fucking recording, see how it sounds and shit. And it was always garbage. I mean, it wasn't intended to be uh, in a song. It was just intended to, like, rhyme at songs. It, it was a poem, you know? It, it worked. But, I mean, without a beat, it didn't work well. But uh, anyway, so it's like that's when we discovered um, making beats because I had the drum downstairs. We had the guitars mm. and uh, one of my brothers fucking would support me in a way. And he was like, yo, I'll play you a little fucking riff and do something over it. I was like, All right, let's fucking do it. And uh, started freestyling in the basement. Instead of making rock, we would just it'd be me on the mic. And my dad was drumming in the back with my boy fucking uh, playing guitar and my other brother was playing guitar. 
And we just started jamming like that for fucking another year, you know? Uh, that's when it hit me, bro. The girl of my dreams, bro. The girl of my dreams is what started it all, bro. So, so, so uh, my brother ended up, uh, his car broke down in front of the depth that was next to my house. And uh, this girl that was working at the depth ended up hitting it off with my brother. And uh, they started dating, you know? And then one day, uh, this girl brought her sister over. And, bro, when I saw that girl, bro, oh, man, I was tripping. I was going crazy. And I wanted to impress her. And, bro, that's when it all started, bro. That's when I found... Bro, bro. No, there's nothing that gets a man started. It all starts with that. Let's be real. So often yo, in yo. our lives, it's going to be like, I met that girl. You don't yo, understand. I'm telling you, bro. I had to go in. To yo, that it's thing. true, though. We saw... I don't remember what the track name was. Uh, it was on the radio, though. It was, uh, it was a nice track, you know. It was a track that made me, like, fall in love and shit. It was like a lovey-dovey, whatever. A good track. I really don't remember what the title was, but it got me going, you know. And uh, that's when I fucking went back to the program. Started, because I knew the one, two, three, four, you know. I knew, like, the, the sequences and shit. So... I plugged in the sequences and the hi-hats and the snares, and I made a beat. In all, I made a huge beat, okay? And then once the beat was made, I wrote a poem that would fit with the beat saying how much I love that girl, you know? And, uh, <laughs> bro, once I was done, I recorded it with the vacuum stand. Everything was pinpoint, bro. We rewrote the lyrics three, four times, printed, nice fucking, everything was mint, bro. And uh, when I showed the girl the track, she, 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 I don't remember. It was like, uh, she was surprised. She was actually like, she loved it, you know? If I look back on it today, bro, it was total garbage, okay? But <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not the point. She, she, she loved it and shit. But uh, it made me believe that, you know, we were going to hit it off and shit. So it's like we started chilling. We started, like, more chilling than anything. I guess she friend-zoned me, you know, and I didn't notice that. I, yeah, I, I, was, I was in another place, bro. I was in another place. And uh, one of my boys, he, he looked like uh, a mini Justin Bieber. He had the swishy hair, you know. He looked fucking cute with the... The cheeks all like, anyway, bro, he, he looked like a Justin Bieber lookalike, you know? And uh, he was my best friend. And uh, anyway, my, my, my dad was like, oh, we're going on a camping trip one day and uh, I'd like you to come. And I was like, hey, that's cool. So we left for three, four days. And uh, when I came back, it was the first time I got my heart broken, bro. Oh, when I came God. back, bro, <laughs> when I came back, uh, my best friend was dating that girl. Oh, Yo, that shit hit me hard, bro. And that's when I made my first real track. And uh, it was about heartbreak and shit. You know, I, I get that's where it started. You know, it's like ever since that day where I met that girl, shit would happen in my life that. I would just have to express myself. And then I could, I didn't really have no one to talk to, you know? So I'd, I didn't really trust anyone. So I was like, you know what? 
boom, what do I trust? The paper and the pen, bro. And then fucking just write that shit down. Like a diary, you know? I almost had a diary going on and just fucking write shit down and uh, put on a beat, start writing, and then write a whole story, a whole song. And it never really went anywhere, you know? I, I would just fucking do the track, save it in my computer. We didn't have Spotify and shit, you know? We didn't have none of that shit. Where it was, like, just starting off. Right. I didn't know how to drop music. But, uh, yeah, that's how, it, that's how it really started off. I just started getting more and shit and more into it. And uh, This is all on the PlayStation still? Or did you, like, evolve your gear? Fuck no, bro. I was still, yo, we, we were jobless. My dad was broke. Uh, it, it just, we, we, like I said, you know, it wasn't good quality shit. So we would just save it in the background, you know, and then like my, my desktop, you know, was full of fucking tracks everywhere. Nothing was organized. You know, I was just like, let's go another track, another track. And, uh, fuck that went on for a while. You know, it went on for a long time. I think it went all the way up to, uh, like graduating year. So it's like, uh, I was maybe 15, 14, 15. Yeah, around there, bro. And uh, my dad was tired. Okay, he was fed up of having me in the house. I started hanging around with the bad crowd. I started fucking selling a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, was, I was in another, another era in my life. And uh, my dad kicked me out, but in a cool way. Because he's like, you know what? I'm going to set up the shed we had in the back. <laughs> I'm going to put flooring. I'm going to put a bed. I'm going to put a TV. And you're going to fucking live there. And I was like, yo, I'm a 14-year-old fucking kid. What do you think I'm going to say? Oh, no, that sucks. Bro, I had the time of my life in that shed, bro. People will be walking in the backyard, knocking at my door, like, yo, what's up? We were already, like, nine in the fucking shed. No room to fucking move and shit. That was the best time of my life, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. I'm I mean, you're expecting dope. it, but the best time of your life is the time when nine dudes was packed in the shed. <laughs> there was girls too, bro. <laughs> Fair enough. Nine people packed in the shed. Just the... <laughs> yo, I remember, bro. We had fucking ounces of weed. We were we were hot box in the shed, and then one time, my dad just fucking comes knocking on my door, opens the door, the smoke's coming out, you know, and I had a. A crazy like zig staircase bong, you know, just on my table. And my dad looks at it, grabs it. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and I'm like, "It's a flower pot." And he's like, "All right," puts it back on the desk, and then walks out. Bro, I was tripping. That's wild. Uh, shit was dope though. So that, so now we fucking. Uh, so that was your high school experience. That's what the South Shore is. Fuck yeah, bro. That's wild. Man. What a I'm sure a lot of people in parts of Montreal have experiences like that. I did not. I was in Cadets. It was just really different. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you you missed out on some hard drugs, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't touch a hard drug till my mid twenties, and even then, I just dibbled and dabbled. Damn. I didn't, never. Yeah. Did I mean, I I didn't even start smoking weed till I was eighteen. Shit, bro. That's why my memory is so good. <laughs> Yeah, probably, bro. That's why mine's so fucked. <laughs> nah, but like, so like, 
that's wild. So your high school is that, but still, you got a crazy amount of experience just learning about production and making music, regardless to where it went with it. But were you like performing this stuff? Was the little local high school bullshits? Was you in the shed spitting your songs at the like girls in the shed? Yeah, that's more what it was. Yeah, we my, my boy used to come, and uh, he had the first little. Uh, it's it's like the, the, the not the iPhone but the iPod. Right. The first touchscreen, you right, know. Right, right. I know what you mean. And uh, when when he first got that, he would come into the shed, bro, anytime, any day, and then uh, he, he would go spit a freestyle, and then <laughs> he put the camera to my face, and then I just start going at it, you know, and. Uh, that's what actually got me somewhat known in my high school, you know, and people were just like, oh, yo, he's dope. And uh, I got the gratification of fucking people loving the craft, you know, loving what I do. And that, that that's what, it, bro, it made me feel good, you know? Mm. So, so the, the, that, that's what got me going on like crazy. And then he was just walking around the school like, yo, yo, look at this, look at this. Uh, it's fucking hilarious, you know? But, uh... No, man, we, uh, so, we so, never really so dropped it. So you had, like, a teenage influencer kind of experience where, like, Mads was following you around, getting you to do shit. Yeah. And he was, bro. like, there before, like, the gram and all that. Or was Yeah, the way around? before. Bro. It, it, like I said, I think uh, in that time, Facebook was starting out, and then yeah. everything was still new, but, like, Facebook wasn't what it is today. It was yeah, actually, I mean, like, Facebook uh, was, like, I'm trying to smash uh, myself. <laughs> yeah, bro. It was like a profile picture, and that's about it. No, there know? was the poke feature, bro. When when that person oh, yeah. poked you <laughs> back, bro, it was yeah, it was done. She poked you back. You were in good fucking. Yo. Or she didn't know what poke meant yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even know how to open the app. You know, you had to go on the fucking PC every time and find out how to. Yeah, that was some good times. No, they had shitty mobile apps since like for a while, while since like, but. Yeah, in the original it, days, it, you're right. It was right on the PC. No anything. Yeah, bro. No one had internet, bro. People would get on the internet by accident with the pocket. And, bro, they'd get bills of $200 and be like, yo, what the fuck? Oh, well, sir, you went on the internet for about five pages. What the fuck? You know, back then, we didn't You have downloaded five one gigs. picture of a blurry boob. Oh, fuck. You were done, bro. Your mom was fucking whipping you with a belt. <laughs> uh, no, nah, that was a different time. I was like, yeah. man, even now, like, I think people think how real I spoiled me is with how instant this shit is. Like, I was thinking, but you could, like, run YouTube for an hour now, and it's not that bad. Do you remember when running exactly. YouTube for an hour was, like, six gigs? Ooh, bro, we didn't even have that shit on broadband, you know? It's like... We oh, had this right. You guys ass, have like, the internet. crap. Okay, because I grew up like I mean I'm in Montreal the whole time, and I've never lived in a part of Montreal that had bad internet even. So it's just always been like <laughs> Bro. the average internet of a Montrealer <laughs> before fucking Videotron and all that shit. Mm. You'd give up. You'd give up. Like I think I had the. It was when I had the PlayStation Three. You know my. my uh, and yeah, I think it was the PlayStation 3. My, my dad or something bought me the PS3, you know, and it was my birthday and shit. And when I was playing online, bro, oh, man, it was not fun. It was really not fun, bro. Imagine, like, I don't know if you ever played Call of Duty, bro, but, like, you're playing online, bro, and you just see some guy pass. You go to aim, and next thing you know, bro, he just disappears. And you're like, what? 
And then he ends up behind you and he fucking slashes you with a knife and you just die, bro. Meanwhile, your character was just standing there like not doing shit. (laughs) He's like, this fucking noob. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. And then the fucking lobbies were going wild, bro. Oh no, it was fucking it was garbage times, man, for us. It was really garbage. Mm. But I mean Nah bro. I I actually uh I I recorded my first track with some guy that went to school for, he, he went to school uh for music production, you know, and he was uh uh I forget I forget what what's what college there, but um he was born to that college and he was uh, making uh, Algonquin college. I, I fucking don't remember. I know it's in Montreal, but uh, I don't remember Fair. at all. I didn't really care. You know, I, I just, I just met the guy and he was, uh, he's cool and shit. And uh, he was the first one that record one of my tracks and it's called uh, to the boonies, you know, like, cause we live in the boonies in a way. So, it made sense with the track, you know? No, nah, you and, uh, absolutely live in the boonies for my opinion, too. There you go. That, that's why it, it, it was this whole, the whole song was uh, like the, the catchphrase, you know, was throw my hat to the haters, you know? And uh, yeah, anyways, it, 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 it was a perspective of where I was living and shit, a perspective of, because we were going to Montreal and shit all the time, but it's like, we'd come back home to the boonies, you know? And then uh, so we'd call it, you know, and, uh, it was the first track I've ever recorded and it's actually on YouTube still and shit, you know? And uh, that's when I started taking it serious because I started getting Okay, what, what, like what year was that that you started to take it more serious and like to the boonies drops, do you know? Bro, I was... I actually don't remember, bro. I don't have a good memory, like I said. <laughs> but I remember... Uh, <laughs> Was it like five but, years ago, ten years ago? Yeah, exactly. It, it was about five years ago, honestly. Okay. Five to six years ago. Is uh, I just threw it out there and I was like, fuck it. You know, let's see what happens. Yo, did and you I, know I like Chris Chrome from back then? Because y'all would be like in this. Yeah, thing. bro. That's Yeah, bro. We we met uh, we met in high school as well, man. Do we, you we have high school Chris too. Chrome stories knowing he's going to edit this video? And that would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to get into some personal shit. Nah, bro. We uh, ah! we, we we started hitting it off. I mean, I, I think I was in uh, sec one or sec two, you know. But it's because I got expelled from that high school. Mm. So our our friendship was sweet but fucking short. You know, it's like once I got expelled, bro, I started getting into some bad shit. You right, know. Right it's like I, I try to keep away from that part of my life. I, I try to push it away because it fucked me over real bad. I understand. But, uh, I just, you know, if I can get the good dirt on Chris Crumbs, the embarrassing tales, this is the gold mine that, believe it or not, this one audience cares about. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Uh, I, mean, I met, I met Chrome. uh so so we we were hanging out with uh, some girl back in high school and uh th- this girl she was not fine she was <laughs> i mean she, she she was the girl okay she she was the girl that I would talk to to go talk to one of her friends you know and uh she, she, her mom her mom was a psycho bro and uh she, she she was crazy and shit but her 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 daughter she didn't care you know she she'd always be like yo come over anyways 
and uh, that, that, that'd be our little chill spot, you know? So it's like, I guess that's what made her our friend, honestly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that Chris Chrome knew her too, you know, and uh, it's because of her that I know Chris Chrome. It's uh, shout out the friend uh, with the crazy mom. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I don't want to name names, bro. Obvious. I don't want you to name names either at this point. You can tell me off, Cap. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, bro. So it's like. Uh, I mean, I don't really have embarrassing stories because I mean, did. the one time I tried this, the guy was like, yeah, Chris Crumb stole my girl. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That went the opposite of <laughs> Yeah, bro. That's nothing. <laughs> no, man. I mean, I don't, I don't want to put him down and shit neither. So, I mean, I don't really have uh Nah, you can't. I don't... He was, uh, he wasn't what he was today, but I guess I wasn't either, you know? So it's like, yeah, no, I don't want to put I was... Chris down. Everyone was a teenager. <laughs> yeah exactly bro but i was hanging like we were friends but i was like uh like i said i was hanging around a bad crowd you know so mm. it's like uh, my, my brother what he told me is i was the coolest loser <laughs> that's amazing so it's like yeah bro so we were always bad kids but uh no nah, anyways that's i don't fair. really have nothing uh, fair enough man i appreciate it because like y'all be like connected in this little circle of people and everybody i know that i've talked to from the south shore in that age group knows chris and i'm like damn a lot of people like the deuce guy guy knows chris the tizzy guy knows chris they start running through all these south shore people they all know him from back in the day and i'm like that's wild that like everybody know each other in this whole little ecosystem that's adjacent to montreal yeah. that <laughs> is just so not montreal um yeah bro so like what what happens like after you finish up a high school then like do you like continue on to like the seja plans or i guess not really with the school because you weren't so into it when uh it's a, it's a little sad part of my life i guess but um it once i actually graduated believe it or not I so after uh, three <laughs> after three different schools fucking two years of summer school and all that bullshit um i i passed high school and i was fucking happy but uh i was living with my dad still and my dad had a shitty ass job and he ended up uh losing his house and shit so uh we ended up moving in a little apartment and then uh well not an apartment it was like a, a house with two levels we were living in the basement that place ended up flooding, so we had to get out, and then we ended up living in like some crack, crack apartment. You could say a crack house apartment, bro. People would be you, you'd walk out the apartment, and some guy would look at me and be like, "Yo, you want some of this?" And then he'd show me like some fucking schwab ass weed, you know, like some fucking shitty weed. And I'd look at him and I'd be like, "Bro, pull out my weed. This is what I'm smoking." And he was like, "Oh fuck!" And then walk away. And I was like, "Yo, you guys are fucking crackheads." But uh, no, my dad started. Uh, <laughs> my my dad my dad started like losing it a bit and shit, and uh, I didn't want to live there, so I ended up splitting, and uh, I had to get a full time job and shit, you know. So I was what maybe sixteen, seventeen, living in a fucking one and a half uh, in Saint Constant. I went back to my hometown, you know, and uh, I had a full time job, you know. So I got split up, I guess. Uh, yeah, so it's like uh, I didn't really have time for college and all that shit, you know. I, I wanted to go, but, uh, bro, I didn't like school, so I said fuck it right into the workforce, started making bills, you know. And then 
what about music at that point? That, that's actually when I went hard, bro. Because we were living, I don't know if you ever heard of the 222. It's uh, It was a pretty famous bar for uh, minors, actually. <laughs> so it's like this bar was legit on the other side of the road from where I lived. And, uh, bro, we used to go there every fucking other night, you know? So it's like, boom, I get my paycheck, blow it all on fucking alcohol and fucking drugs and shit you know and uh my boys used to always come through we'd always fucking be chilling in the apartment and uh, that's where i built my first studio so we <laughs> i had bought gyps and shit made a box with the fucking plexiglass and then right next to it was my desk with the computer and shit and uh that's when i went hard you know i was making my beats a to z boom recording all my fucking lyrics a to z and uh Actually, I was living under another name, which is why my history of instincts is short because it was a new, was new branding. And it was a big red man. Big red <laughs> man. Used, yeah, bro. I used to uh, I used to chill in the sun. This is where the name comes from, you know. I, I used to chill in the sun, and uh, I got white ass skin, so boom, I just get red, you know. And I was always like the stockiest kid in my group. So I was the big red and I'm a man, you know? So it's like, that's where it came from, you know? It's like, we dropped a shit ton of music on that name. But uh, bad publicity and shit had me... Uh, the name wasn't good. The, the, I can the, see the, how the, this name is not going to work in the climate of when you started. Yeah, exactly. It was just an old, it's because I used to do a tag, you know, and it was BRM and I used to always do it everywhere in the school and shit. So that's why I stuck with the name, you know, but uh, it was what, maybe like two or three years ago, I started looking at music in a more um, company wise, more of a branding, more of a like, mm. It's a product, you know. We're we're making a product, so it's like I started listening to um, uh, marketing classes. I started listening to producers and other artists how they fucking did their shit, and uh, that's what made me say fuck it. So I had to change my name. I created a logo, which is right there, you know. Got the logo, got the name. I got you know. I made everything into a real brand, and I uh, started from scratch. And I actually started fucking. So when was this? Doing my shit. So like six years ago or so is when you start doing it, and then you said yeah, three so years like, ago you changed your name. Yeah, about three years ago. Yeah, two, two, three years ago. When you said bad press, was there like actually bad press about you, or was it like people was like, "Yo, bro, this probably in a good look." Uh, well, actually, kind of both. It's I never really believed in the name, honestly. Right. And. Uh, the affiliations I had with that name today is bad publicity for me. You know what I mean? So right. it's like I had to get rid of. So this wasn't as much know? about the name, but more the associations of the people you were yeah. with. So that name got tainted by the crowd. And so there in you order go. to not be mixing up with these people no more. You wanted to come back with a whole new image under a different name. Yeah. And arguably that name might have still got you some heat if you popped. 
yeah exactly bro it's like yo, you got red man and shit too i was like it wasn't a good name bro it was really a badass like i don't know it was a bad choice but i was young and you know it's what i had i was like fuck it let's go yeah that's not fair <laughs> and so you ran a bunch of shit under one name and it was did you do a style shift as you rebranded or was it like you were still making the same kind of music but you just shifted the name no, I changed. I changed it a hundred percent, bro. We, what was uh, the old style like? I used to, uh, I used to make rap. Like, uh, we we went from, uh, I, like I said, I was hanging around the bad crowd. We had a gang. We had a fucking, uh, bro. We were selling drugs. I'm telling you, bro. We were actually going hard at it, you know. So it's like that name, that association I had. All my songs were about like maybe not gang life but next to it you know it was all about selling drugs it was all about uh, the bitches the money the cars you know it was uh i I had a i had a different style back then you know i had a different mindset i wasn't in it for it like i said i wasn't in it for a brand i was just in it to look cool i guess you know to be like yo look what i got look what i do and shit you know Right. I, I, I got carried away. <laughs> Fair. So then you rebrand to Instincts. How do you come up with Instincts? <laughs> Bro, this is the stupidest fucking story. I feel like Post Malone when I talk about this. So uh, <laughs> I was with my boy. My boy used to chill in his garage uh, at his parents' house, you know. And uh, so we were just chilling in the garage. And we we're like, yo, I need a new name. And I really want an X in it. <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, it took about two weeks, bro. Two weeks. My, my boy, he was good at drawing and shit. So he was drawing some shit with X in it every single time. Boom, 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 boom. And uh, every time he would find, I, I, I was going to go with Lazy at first, okay? And then we looked it up. Bro, there's someone called Lazy in every single format. There, there's someone called this. There's instincts okay is the only fucking word that was not associated with anyone so you know what i said fuck it put an x in there and we're good <laughs> so instead of instincts you know like with the t we we put the x you know no, and, that's uh, fair yeah but that's a big lesson right because one time i said i'm gonna be hsr and i dropped my shit and only after i dropped my shit did i really check hsr <laughs> and now my shit's mixed up with this EDM guy. Yeah, that's, that's what I didn't want. So I hit up the EDM guy, and I'm all like, yo, bro, do you care? He's like, nah. And so we left it like that. But then it confused <laughs> the shit out of people. Nobody knew better. This is like <laughs> yeah. 2017, maybe. I guess some people knew better. I didn't know better. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you're doing it for the second time, bro, you learn your lesson. And then I had to rebrand, and then I found out I couldn't be HSR514 because that didn't match my logo, and I didn't want to do my new logo. So Holden (laughs) Stefan Roy was in my logo. That became my name. Nobody can't take this one from me. (laughs) That's true. That's fucking true, you know. Oh, no. But it's, it's a good lesson, I mean, for... Anyone who's listening to and shit, anyone that's going to watch the video, I mean, if you're going to want to create a brand, even if you're selling fucking paper straws or whatever, bro, you got to go look at what is out there already. 
Facts. Look at the names. You got to look at your product and make it reflect your name. See, you're going to find it stupid. My favorite color is fucking gold, bro. <laughs> I love the color gold with a black trim. Mm. So that's why I did my logo. My logos, I tried to get as close as possible to the gold and the black background, you know? So it's like, uh, it's my favorite colors, bro. If I could get a car with fucking gold rims, black car, bro, psh, forget about it. I'm buying that shit today, you know? Understood. So it's like... That, that that's what i do all the like i i wear tims all the time you know but like kind of gold you know just got the tims and the black shirt bro i don't know it's my favorite stuff you know so it's like it really relates to me and uh yeah you really gotta find your fucking name and make sure you stand out to everybody else bro you mm. go look it up online bro just write instincts with the x on google bro i'm the first thing to pop up uh, on spotify any fucking platform i'm always the first to pop up so that's really good you know it is. You're supposed to have that kind of appeal. Like Chris Chrome is the only Chris Chrome that I know. There you go, bro. And he too. has Chris Chrome 93, which is easy to remember for the socials. You know. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes if you're named too long for the socials, you do need to be so on socials. I'm HSR514 everywhere. So you can't. You can't find. Yeah, that. exactly. And um, but yeah. Otherwise. So you become instincts, and then what are some of the transitions that are going on at this point? Do you start performing? Are you like moving into? A, are you even performing beforehand? Like in all of this run, we weren't. Uh, we weren't performing um, at shows. You know, we were performing uh, in a group. I guess like we were going to that bar, let's say, and uh, I had a select few fans i guess you know people that would support me unconditionally and um i, I would legit we, we would put one of the songs on at the bar and then uh, just start singing like mumbling a bit and then people start like singing as well and then i just like end up getting up you know and then fucking singing the whole fucking song and everybody would fucking jump in you know so i was like uh never really performed until uh until in uh well that's not true uh, i actually uh, we, we were doing that you know a lot until i actually got the courage to perform and i found um it's like a place uh an agency i guess it's called my afton i don't know if you've heard of that anyways it's a uh, it, it's a little thing uh so, so it's basically someone rents out a bar and uh brings in uh, so many artists and then the more tickets you sell, the the, the, the higher placement you get. And uh, so, so anyways, it, it's just a show with a bunch of artists, you know? And I was like, I was actually affiliated with them and I was doing a bunch of shows with them and it was very fun. It was my first couple experiences of me actually doing a show and these places. Uh, this booked. is a whole ass website shit where it's in the South Shore or like. No, it's Montreal. It's actually in Montreal, but. Um, What's it called? It's my Afton. And my M Y Afton is A F T O N dot com. And so but they just uh, like throw shows and then if you sold enough tickets, yeah. they would be happy with you and give you more love. Yeah, bro. I'm telling you. It's like uh the the first time I went and did something for them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was about maybe 20 to 30 people on the stage, you know, like on the floor fan wise. And I was like, yo, that's actually dope. 
it wasn't that much but to me for my first show it was a lot so uh did my performance everything went well and um when they booked the second show uh the stage was a lot bigger the fans that were in the building was immense bro people had troubles moving and shit and i brought maybe like 10 15 people myself to that show so the 10 15 people i brought i couldn't even see in the crowd there was so much people you know i'm telling you maybe there was like 60 to uh, 70 maybe 80 i don't know how much people but it was crowded as fuck you know and um i started going on a fucking uphill i started fucking selling as many tickets as i could uh people were chanting my lyrics jumping in the crowd and uh then i got uh, i met up with um makeway's own uh buds bro anu buds yeah and uh we started hitting it off you know and then i was like yo uh i like your fucking production skills and uh i will be coming to you for everything i need and then uh, he got me an entryway to open up for dax dax is one of my aspiring artists i love the guy i love how he does his marketing and all that shit you know and um yeah, he's the one I look up to the most, I guess. And he got me to fucking open for him. So, bro. Boom. You were at the Dax show in December 2019? <clears throat> yeah, bro. I was. I opened up for him. I think you said you were there, too. I was there. I'm, like, trying to remember. I feel like we did have this chat as I was remembering it. Yeah, we like, did. We did. So I'm, like, I was fucking in the audience of that show watching it because I wanted to see Montreal people. You were, no offense, not one of the Montreal people at that time. I believe I was seeking out King Misery and then oh, we're bro. performing. So I was, yeah. like. Mm, I should go check I this. And I remember that other, the emo kid. Uh, yeah, exactly. I came out after him. That kid was one of my favorites, to be real. That kid came with But that. he wasn't. He did he, not. He wasn't. Made in no the, sense at all at that yeah, show. None in the exactly. least. Exactly. But it I wasn't liked a show it. for him. But he I liked good, it. Bro. So good. Yeah. He's doing real well. He's getting numbers. He's doing his shit. He's really, yo, he was impressive, but he was not at the right place, you know? But not I mean, yeah, he's really good. I mean, they, he was good. You came out, and they came out, and then Dax came out with, and then by the end of the show, Dax was not wearing a shirt. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yo, he was, yo, he he was doing fucking burpees on the stage to get ready for his next track, and I was like, "What? Right? How do you like, do this shit?" <laughs> yo, I heard okay, he's in, in the crowd though. I fucking swear, the girl that was next to me. Like, it was dead ass, like, Dax, I got you, come down. Like, you know, like, like I'm saying, there was some real, like, like, these girls was down for the yeah, Dax. Well, for sure. Like, out of yeah, level. He wasn't as big. You know, that's what I mean. Like, he was just at that level. And these ladies was like, because he's doing burpees and shit on stage. Yeah, exactly, bro. Abs and fucking, yo, he was in shape, bro. Guy's six something, Honestly, you know, so it's like. I, out of my, I was bumping a Dax song pretty much. He's not really somebody I go to, but that live performance, he impressed me a lot. Yeah, bro. Like, uh, hands out, stole the show. Like, I mean, he was the headliner, but like, he stole the shit. Like, he really, no offense to you, but like, he really came out like in like a, like a energy that bro. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> When he came in, bro, he came in 
with his janitor outfit fucking sweeping the floor right? and shit. And I was like, yo, no way, bro. And then, Throws the broom, hops on stage, bro. Like, what? Oh, yeah, the, the guy was dope. He was really dope. Yeah, no, so that was, like, that's a lit performance. Like, Belmont's a cool-ass stage, like, for real. Yeah, bro. Very well-placed, two stories and shit. That yeah, was, was I can tell you, a pretty sizable crowd. You don't need to listen to his numbers. It was a good 100, 150, easy, no problem. Possibly Fuck yeah, more. yeah, bro. And I say possibly more because I was in the crowd, so you can't really tell, and there's an upstairs part of that shit. Oh, when I was on stage, bro, you could tell, bro. You could tell, bro. Um, it just my, my profile picture, uh, the, the cover picture is from when I was on stage and uh, I was performing Shooting Star. And then I told everybody, you know, go put your lights on and shit. This is like a, it's a deep track. Okay, and everything. I remember that shit. <clears throat> and everybody was fucking swinging their phones like that. And then in my hook, well, I'm gonna move uh, that shit. Everybody can now see your picture that they're talking about. Yeah, bro. So, so in that moment, bro, that moment was the hypest uh, time of my life, bro. It's uh, I started fucking seeing my hook, and uh, in my hook it goes a, oh, you know? oh, everybody starts chanting that shit. Yeah. But in the hook, I say some shit, you know. And then the guys were yelling A-O so loud in the crowd, I couldn't even hear myself fucking singing my, my next lyrics, you know? And I was tripping, bro. I almost had a tear in my eye, you know? I don't know if you remember, but at the end of that track, th- there was... You, you didn't see this, but I did. There was two, three people in the front row that were just like this, just waiting for Dax. And I was pissed off, you know? Because they're the only ones that weren't fucking participating. So at the end of my track, I pushed them. And I went to go sit, boom, right at the edge of the fucking uh, the stage. And I finished my track there, you know? And it was fucking hype. I loved it, bro. Everyone got mad at somebody else for being petty that night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, bro. It was fucking dope. But yeah, that, 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 then uh, that was, I guess, the main fucking... I was going uphill like crazy after that show, bro. So what it, happened it was after that show? COVID, bro. COVID. The COVID. That's facts. Bro, that, that was, that was that pretty shit. like That was some late ass. All I remember about that show was waiting in line ahead of the fucking thing. <laughs> and I it was forget. minus 30, bro. <laughs> and you're just waiting in line. And it was awful. And I'm yeah, the only old man there at the DAC show. <laughs> bro. I remember, man. I got to go right inside because I was a performing artist and I was like, I feel bad for these people outside. <laughs> I felt bad for the people outside too. It was miserable. <laughs> and you guys don't understand. It was like 45 minutes, an hour of in the cold waiting because of course it is. And this was like... I don't know. Did you see me? Because, bro, I was shoot- I-, I shot a video with Buds in front of that lineup going like, who ready for Dax? Bro, I'm a- I was right running. in the front, bro. Right in the front of this motherfucking lineup. No, I wasn't in the front of the lineup. By the time I got to the front of the lineup is when CY showed up in the limo. That's when I was already inside. Because that's when I got to the front. But, like, I was in the middle in the back, kind of like where people smoke weed at Belmont in that little nook. That's about where I was in the line. And it took fucking forever. And I got inside finally. And then I saw the show. And it was pretty dope. (laughs) But... That was a dope show. I know for a fact that while well, I'm going to go to a lot of people's concerts in the summer this year, 
I'm not doing that shit as much in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. I'm telling you, bro. I was just outside shooting videos going like, bro, it's too cold, man. Let's go inside, bro. What it was is too this? much. I mean, it's good to shoot those videos and to have that level of promo. Like, 514 Online Mix was there covering that shit and, like, other people was there. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, really good, but standing in line sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, for sure, bro. So, but, yeah, yeah, we didn't even know each other, bro. Even. Like, I never... No, well, never like would have thought. I didn't know, and a lot of the people there. I really just went further. Was like I think two names on the lineup. Oh, and Jay Schreier, I knew, or I knew of Jay Schreier. Yeah, Jay Schreier was there. Yeah, he'd be doing some things still. But so I came for those two names, and it was a great show. I did remember it. Um, and I, Dax impressed me, so that's fair. COVID kicks in though, and what happens to you after the the vid kicks in? Bro, I was in a dark place, man. When COVID hit, because I was loving these shows, bro. I started getting, like, a fever for them, bro. I was craving them. I I loved interacting with the crowd, bro. Just going like this, bro. Everyone starts going like this, you know, and you're like, fuck, yeah. You get more into the track and shit. Um, Once COVID hit, bro, studios closed down bars closed down everybody knows everything fucking shut out Facts. and uh honestly bro it shit knocked me to my feet bro it knocked me to my knees i mean i was in a place bro i'm telling you i didn't know what to think anymore i actually gave up for a whole year straight a whole year straight of doing nothing i said fuck what am i supposed to do and then uh not not to get too much into the vaccination and all that bullshit but uh like it, it got me into a place where I was like, not sure what to think of. Like, do I trust my own fucking government? Do I trust what's going on? And um, I had so many questions in my head. So many, I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle the music anymore. Cause I was just going to go into like conspiracy rap, you know? So I said, fuck it, pushed everything to the side. And uh, yeah, it, it knocked me really fucking deep into uh close to depression actually bro i was uh i was actually pretty sad i was actually pretty fucking depressed to be honest and uh i couldn't i couldn't make music anymore i had ideas in my head and uh i'd write them down and shit and um i discovered autotune bro and (laughs) you're gonna laugh and i started almost making music like that guy you know that we were just talking about that wasn't supposed to be in that show and uh, I don't have the voice for it. I don't have the, uh, I, I don't have that. I, I can't make that kind of music. And I still tried. And it kind of made me like derail into trying to figure out who I was. And uh, yeah, it took about uh, two years to figure out that uh, COVID was actually going to end someday. And then I had to get back into the fucking music. <laughs> so yeah, a big waste of a year and almost two years to doing nothing, bro. COVID actually knocked me down. So now I'm trying to get back up. And uh, that's why I fucking came through to your show, bro, and did that one song. I I loved it, bro. It got me back into it, you know? Nah, I hear that. Um, So what made you decide to go to Ottawa? (laughs) See, that's... that's (laughs) So, all right. So now, now that, I mean, COVID is, I guess, behind us... I'm still not vaccinated. I, I, mean, I don't believe in that shit. You know, I'm being so. It's like I'm only two shots in, so I'm now more in your boat than not, cause motherfuckers <laughs> don't give me that. Oh, 
You only you didn't get the fourth shot yet? I'm like the fourth shot, bro. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I got COVID. Bro. I got the COVID it's... booster. That's the booster <laughs> I got. I know I like, I'm not trying to be like cavalier with it, but and like if you really have issues with it, like health, go talk to doctors and shit. But for sure, bro, for sure, yeah, it, it stays a choice, bro. But the way COVID be now is not the way COVID was then. We didn't know what it was, so yeah, I agree 100. percent But it's just the way that they handled it. It's just like, yo, we're gonna rush. We're gonna get a vaccine made. And we're just going to give it to the population. We're going to test about 10,000 people. It works. Perfect. Let's go. But how would you know it works if these people never had COVID? They didn't have... Anyways, so it's like their testing phases weren't... Anyway, I I, I don't get any conspiracy shit, but I mean... I mean, I don't know about... the, The way I look at that shit is there's a shit ton of information out there that will say literally anything at this point but here's the thing yeah i might read some stat game pretty good but i'm literally not a doctor nor do i understand <laughs> the exactly. research i do find claims like fifty thousand people agree on something to be a really tiny amount of people in the big picture so sometimes people gotta wildly hold off on the memes they share because it doesn't say what they think it says <laughs> You're like, I seen one where it was like 50,000 medical or 50,000 nurses say this. So would you ignore it? So what I did is I Googled how many nurses there were. And that shit was so big that it's like zero point something or like two or 5%. It was like some shitty small number where yeah, like, yeah, 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 be, yeah. I would never let that many people govern my life. So no, that number is not meaningful to me. However, the actual way the government of Quebec handled shit was crazy. They made a whole ass lockdown on New Year's Eve and just said, fuck y'all and your plans. <laughs> the second year. Yeah, I know, bro. That was some weird shit. That's why, uh, that's why I was getting mad, bro. But uh, no, the, the whole convoy thing, actually, uh, once it sparked up, I was supporting that shit 100% because uh, they, they shared the same beliefs as me. Like, on, on um, Yo, Which beliefs did y'all share? There you go. So it's like, think of it like this. This is what's going on in my head. Okay. So right now I want to go to Mexico, right? I got to take a plane. Government says, no, you can't because you don't have your two doses of COVID. Right? So if you're following the science, like they say, and you're following all that bullshit right now, the new variant of COVID has nothing to do with those two doses. So those two doses were for the first two COVID variants that don't exist anymore. So why would I need to protect myself for something that doesn't exist anymore? Why are you saying I can't go over the border because I don't have a vaccine to a fucking influenza that don't exist anymore? Where the fuck is the logic in all this, you know? So that's what made me like dig deeper and try to find out. I had a bunch of questions. And like you say, though, it's the internet. The internet, you search anything, you're going to find no, what you're like, for. Okay, like, to be fair, like, I might not personally be on that side of the fence with it, but I'm also not on the other side. Like, what you said there is a really rational, logical conclusion to come to based on if you Googled shit. <laughs> there you go. So it's like, uh, it just doesn't make sense. Anyways, it didn't make sense to my head. And uh, 
after two years of lockdowns, after two years of fucking forced to wear masks, two years of all that crazy nonsense, bro, first of all, it was an outing, a fucking outing we could go to and have fun, bro. I, I saw it like that. And secondly, bro, I told myself the more numbers there are in a convoy, in a fucking protest. I've never went to a protest in my life except for that one. So uh, when I saw it happening, I agreed with that shit 100%. And I wanted to go see what was going on. Because you look at what the media is telling you. The, 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 the fucking news channels will show you there's five people. They're fucking waving swastika flies. They're, they're a bunch of fucking racists and all that bullshit. The radio is going to pump out fucking a bunch of lies as well. So, you know, yeah, I, just, I hate just that to shit. Like, just because uh, you might not think he's like whatever because, you know, people watching might have opinions at this point on this topic. But yeah, for sure. Canadian for sure. media is state funded, meaning yeah, like Justin Trudeau or Legault, depending on which part you're in, they actually do have sway over the narrative of media. And in the very onset of the protest, um, the Canadian media coverage was pretty garbage in terms of not stoking flames. Like, it really was some bad journalism that favored what Trudeau's really awful response was. Because personally, his Trudeau comes out, like, after... he It looked like Trudeau Googled this for five minutes, walked out, <laughs> and just typecasted everybody as one thing. <laughs> said we don't negotiate with terrorists and then went away for a week and a half and got COVID. I believe they yeah. got COVID in that period. So what he says. in the middle of all that, you just it just looked really weird because then homeboys like this guy and others are going live on Facebook and it looked like a rave. <laughs> so I see a rave happening dope. of which I'm like, hold the fuck up. What I don't I don't so I looked at it like so there's the truckers and they're doing one thing, making noise. There's this rave happening in downtown Ottawa that looks kind of fun, not going to lie. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know, other people were probably being hateful in the middle of that. But I went to the Black Lives Matter protest and when I saw the pictures of the instigators after they were fucking... F Bro, I was right next to these people and I had no idea who they were. So like, you know, they're in every city in every protest. And then it was weird how our government responded to it. So, all fairness, yeah, it was a weird reaction from the media. Well, that's that, that that's a fair it's a fair thought. But I mean, uh, you're saying like there there was people destroy destroying shit or whatever. Like that group in, in of people? every protest, there's always this really small group of people that do dumb shit in every protest yeah, exactly. in history. So it's not like that was special. It was like, yeah, of course that's going to happen. It's some dumb shit. For sure. There's questionable well, donations to the GoFundMe from the sources. That's a, different, <laughs> yeah. that's a very different point. Some questionable yeah, people. That. But that's my ethics and my morals. If the other, you but know, you, that's what I believe. I'm not going to really go too deep on that. A lot of people Elon gave Musk, a lot bro. of, a lot of people that don't live in Canada Gave a lot <laughs> yeah, of money to that point. shit. This is the most foreign influence <laughs> shit I ever saw in my life, in my opinion. Some foreign bro, influence was, shit. It was the biggest protest in Canadian history, bro. And uh, yeah, it was fucking Elon Musk, bro. Elon Musk dumping out some pocket change for it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. It was, it was funny. wild shit. But uh, no, nah, but it, it, the, the cool thing was uh, some things that were not 
in the media were like things like um, there was a little group of people that started to, like you say, there's always that group that's going to start fucking doing stupid shit. And once those people started doing shit, the truckers came out of their fucking trucks. People surrounding all told them to get the fuck out. They pushed them out of the crowd, bro. And those people left. I'm telling you, other than that, bro, we were walking the streets and it was all love, bro. There was people making hot dogs in the streets, hamburgers, bro. We went up right in front of the parliament gates, okay? On the street, there was a pit of fire, bro. A little pit of fire. It was like a charcoal kind of thing. Someone was cooking sausages, bro. Some thick-ass, good, juicy sausages, bro. And he looks at me, he's like, you want one? I'm like, fuck, I'm starving. Take one, bro, and start eating with them. Bro, on the truck right next to it, there was fucking native people with their tam-tams fucking drumming along. You walk a bit down the street, bro, in the middle of an intersection, there's a guy with a huge speaker, and there's a whole party going on and shit. But what was more meaningful is the stories behind all of these truckers, all of the people that were actually going, you know? They, they made a, a lot of people were making signs and shit, you know? So it's like, I took the time to read them. And uh, it's actually fucked up because you're going to look at the, sti- the, the statistics of COVID. Oh, there's uh, this much people that died from it. There's this much that are sick, all that. Okay, fine. That's okay. But uh, if you look at the meaningful stories of the people saying, yo, my son that's seven years old took the shot and now is in the hospital, intense, intensive care and shit. There was a lot of these weird stories going in the background, which were not mentioned in the world. You know, it's like there's a lot of these stories that are just pushed behind the shelf. So it's like makes you question even more. And then uh, I was going up to all these truckers and going to talk to them and shit. And they were showing like they had a bunch of these like letters and pictures kids drew for them. And, you know, it's one thing watching the media, hearing about it. But there was another thing, living it and actually going to support, actually walking the streets and see what was going on. It was really crazy, bro. It was actually meaningful, man. It was uh, it, it was very unfortunate that Trudeau never went to go speak with this protest, the biggest one in Canadian history, you know? The, the, I don't know, bro. It, it, it has so many questions that I wanted answered, which is yeah, why I went. So did you go, like, early? Or, like, when did you actually go? So I think it started, uh, it started on the, like, officially started on the Friday. And uh, I went on the Saturday. And uh, when I got there, it was maybe 3, 2, 3 p.m. Because it's still a fucking four, three, four-hour drive. And uh, when we got there... Bro, finding parking was a hassle. We finally find the parking. And then, bro, as soon as I started walking towards it, holy shit, there was a lot of people, bro. It was, I didn't even know where to look. I didn't know where to film. The streets were filled. And it wasn't just that one street. All the little parallel streets, fucking one kilometer, two kilometers down were full of people too. But I mean... I guess people just went, showed their love, and they left, you know? So that's cool, too. I mean, I saw that for, like, because that was the thing, is, like, that first weekend was, like, a different degree than Monday when all those people that went for lunch were back at work. Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. 
people had to go you know it's like protest is not supposed to last fucking a week long you know just like that, that, that that's for sure but i mean uh the chuckers bro they stood their ground for a long time bro it was actually pretty intense they were fucking sleeping in their trucks you know? they, have, they have their own fucking portable house i guess <laughs> i mean a lot of them do I don't know. Sometimes protests are supposed to, like, I mean, protests are supposed to go till change happens. Arguably, I find it kind of weird how all of that handled and how different segments, like, I don't know. There's so many mixed, like, like, I never had a chance to really think about that shit because the Ukraine situation directly impacted my life via my day job. So I immediately fucking forgot about the truckers and couldn't give a shit as of, like, end of February. That's kind of what happened. Yeah. And then it, it got deaded at some point with some emergency act crap where I don't, yeah, and I just stop paying attention a bit. So I know it ended. I know that nothing terrible seemed to happen. And from what I can tell, almost immediately after, nobody cared about vaccines. But that was going to happen <laughs> anyway. That's the funny part. Yeah, for sure. Either way, the vaccination passports were being threatened because of boosters. So what happened was is the Omicron, I think it was, came last December. And that yeah. shit everybody got. And nobody died, really. Like, yes, but, like, not really. In fact, what happened was people like my boss and when I was getting it and being like, eh, it's not that bad. And that's all I was hearing. Everybody I knew got COVID and this this round, and, and it was fine. But what this did was it gave everybody untracked boosters because simultaneously they're like, don't go get tested. If you're a young person, just assume you have it. Yeah. So now all the data's fucked. So nobody knows anything. Yeah. Now, what's the point of this vaccination passport? And it like really derailed shit where I don't know. I don't know what would have happened with or without the truckers. But I can say 100% some of these balls were in motion prior to that protest, at least in Quebec, because. Yeah, in Quebec. But I'm telling you, like, my opinion says that these truckers, they made a lot of, they gave a lot of pressure to the governments to. Facts let loose a bit you know i definitely when think they, started, they got uh, the conservative party leader changed which is- <laughs> yeah bro. conservatives were like oh yes we support the truckers and shit and, and then like, like the fucking so- guy does the interview and name drops homeboy and like the next day they like he i can't even remember his name o'toole it's, it's O'Toole. Pat, yeah pad king made that announcement yeah he was the leader of like well one of the leaders and yeah, just move O'Toole and get someone else. You know, they did it right away, bro. It's like, fucking jokes. Say word. I mean, say what you want about, like, whatever about these protests. But a political party of Canada literally responded immediately after that guy dropped a YouTube that arguably didn't have enough views <laughs> to justify doing that. <laughs> it's pretty wild. But that's what makes you question. Does Did the convoy actually have pressure against all these mandates or not it's like you don't know because you're not wearing a fucking suit and tie next nah, to the fucking government you don't know shit all like it could have been any number nah. of things it could have been like they hate because he didn't do well in the last election either was, yeah exactly but like the timing makes it I, i'm only bringing it up because like the timing <laughs> it's so wild right like this protest happens and a lot of shit happens immediately after and there's definitely people right now that will wildly be saying how the quebec vaccine passports are deaded because of these truckers and i'm like i don't know if that's 100 percent true i don't know but it went down and then it ended and then frankly this is the first conversation i've even had about it in like 
two, three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, this shit's dead, you know? So it's like, it's like anything though, anything really. Who who talks about, let, let's say, the last big protest of the Black Lives Matter? It's like, it was a thing and then it just gets swept under the rug and then it's like something else is going to happen and then boom, it happens. Every people just are meant to forget, bro. It's, I guess, it's human behavior to just forget about stuff and like what's happening now. What's like the now? Everyone wants to know what's going on now. So like the fact that now all the mandates are dropped. Who gives a shit about the truckers? Who gives a shit about the con? You know what I mean? It's like people are, are you just able to like travel now. without passports. Like I don't know about that. Like not yet. Not yet. So, uh, the, so that's my thing. Is the main mandate that really like they went at is still there, ultimately? No, no, no. Because they're oh, if are they the trucker? Mistaken, so the truckers can pass yeah, by without a passport now, or a vaccine yeah, passport? Yeah, just the flights. It's just the flights right, right now. So, so that's like, the last thing. You can go across land borders and, in theory, drive into Canada and be like Gucci if you're. Because I'm just actually curious. Because I have a couple of American homeboys who is like. You know, I want to come to Canada, bro, but that Trudeau guy, he'd be, like, not letting me into your country right now. Nah, bro. It's questionable right now because it's basically, let's say I'm going to cross the border and uh, they don't ask. They don't ask, are you vaccinated? Do you have, they don't ask. So you could just cross the border. The problem is, is if they do ask. If they do ask, well, then you have to say no. And then they're going to be like, well, sir, you can't cross the border. So it's like so. This is like when you're trying to get undeclared shit. Like when you buy a bunch of shit in the states <laughs> and you pretend like half that shit's your luggage, so that you only spent like a, a smaller chunk of it. And whenever you go to the stores, you get the tea, all that shit, and you're just praying that it goes yeah, good. Pretty much, pretty much. Right now, it's still that, but they're working on it right now. They're they're working on that last step. But it's because uh, if you if you read the fine print of the mandates and all that shit. Uh, technically it's uh we don't have to wear masks until the next wave so now we have no masks i hope you kept Except your masks on the bus close. bro yeah yeah public transport and so shit definitely... which is actually reasonable yeah i don't like, i'm not mad at it i don't like it but like it was the store that was fucking me up because i got glasses so i'd like walk into the store I'm blind for the next 90 seconds. It made me like, <laughs> yo, bro, I did not realize that I have a, like an actual physical disability until COVID <laughs> kicked in and I had to wear masks inside because I never experienced that shit. And then I'm like trying to navigate the grocery store and I'm like, I don't want to bump, but I can't see. It's just like, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like not like good on my eyes and shit. Oh, wow. Glasses are normally a hundred. This did not work well for me. And I know, you know, you got masks that fit and whatever, whatever. But that first winter was miserable. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, where I work, we got to wear, like, these safety glasses all day. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? I felt, I feel what you're saying. But, yeah, but, uh, now we just go in and it's like. I, I can see you again. <laughs> no, when I went to New York, though, it was fire because Montreal had masks everywhere. And then New York is depending on your neighborhood. Yeah. And it was nice. It was like the Starbucks said, wear a mask if you want. And I said, yeah, which is okay. And I took off my mask. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I've done this in so long. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Well, I mean, like you look all around the surrounding places right now, 
you go into a store and some people are still wearing the mask. Yo, props to that. And yo, yeah, what's wrong yo, with check that? Check it. There's even outfits in the future where you know the mask is going to be lidier. <laughs> yeah. I saw the matching mask with the oh, yo, I was like, what the fuck, bro? Bro, I got a Shit's mask that goes with a jacket. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's not even bad. It doesn't fit right, but like, I still like it. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, but, but like, it's a choice. I like the choice. But yeah. I, I just, like, yo. I would rather my government side on the air of caution in a pandemic than go full throttle, to be honest with you. Cause like, yeah, for sure. I read about them pandemics when 20% of the world died and shit. And that sounded fucked up. Yeah. The Spanish flu you're talking about. Uh, yeah, that one. And then the one in the 1400s, which I think is a different flu, but like, yeah, it's similar, similar. but it, it the, the, the difference between the Spanish flu, though, and the COVID is people were dropping dead in the streets, bro. But, like, people were legit. Nobody knows about viruses, bro. I'd be playing that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know that game on the phone where, like, you yeah, can yeah, get the yeah. virus? <laughs> I was playing that shit for years since time. Like, <laughs> Me too, bro. <laughs> way before the pandemic made it cool to play that yeah. game. Um, yeah. And that shit had that virus mutation shit where all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah some shit would happen you just wipe out the whole world and bro. usually it would be like when you're trying to infect people at a rate and not fuck shit up and then a virus would happen yeah. and now you're killing people too fast and you're like oh man so i've been playing that game forever <laughs> and then this pandemic kicks in and i'm reading about history and shit and i'm like you know what this sucks but that sucks worse and that's a big game. yeah bro but then like time went on and it was okay fine okay fine then we yeah but like I said at the beginning, it's like the, I, I wouldn't support what Trump was doing. Let's say Trump was just like, yeah, turn everything back on. Just Fucking keep reckless. living like, OK, <laughs> we, we, we don't know what it is. That's fine. OK, but I mean, I don't know if you get the seasonal flu fucking vaccine every year i do not but again i saw a bad thing happen i saw a homeboy because everyone acts like nobody talked about this every year and that was a big ass lie every year in the workplace if you're in the workplace and the workplace offers the flu shot there was the annual do you get the flu shot conversation upon which i've been on team nah nah b i never got the flu shot one time i'm a gross motherfucker when i'm young and i got like dirty shit got in my fucking immune system up what that's how we roll i mean now i'm cleanlier <laughs> and i fucking probably might but like i saw homeboy in 2013's batch of canadian influenza where they admitted there was a bad batch after i saw homeboy get influenza from that shit not like the flu like you and i know it i'm saying he didn't come to work for three weeks bro yeah and then he bro. came back and told us about it and i was never getting the flu shot after that shit dude i got scared I was like, bro, I've watched Matt, and it's irrational. It doesn't fully make sense. There's no science to support my decision. But every time someone says the flu shot, I picture that man in his three weeks of missing work. <laughs> after joy. And he was the only guy in the whole of everybody who got it. But then you're like, bro, with my luck, I'm going to get that shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, in all, you know, we're talking vaccines and all that shit. We're talking about masks. But, I mean, we're not talking about food, bro. We're not talking about health. We're not talking mm. about maintaining your fucking physique, bro. So, I think, that, honestly, if doctors, governments, all that bullshit was more pushing on what you should be doing to maintain health, 
it'd probably be a better world, bro. A better fucking... Because your seasonal flu could become a fucking gastro. Your gastro could become something else and something else. And then you could eventually die from the seasonal flu. Right. If you're eating fucking... You got the seasonal flu. You don't give a shit. You go get you go to Krispy Kremes, get a box of fucking donuts, and that's all you're eating all day. You're sitting in front of the fucking TV all day doing fuck all. I mean, it's not helping you right now. You know, it's not helping you recover, nah, bro. Um, I, so, I mean, I saw pockets of people discussing health shit, but it wasn't really promoted in the media outside of go for a walk but keep a distance. <laughs> Oh, but here's a curfew. Yeah, yeah. Here's a curfew unless you have a dog. Yeah, bro, and you have to be a certain amount of distance from your house and shit. Yeah, that shit was jokes, bro. I swear to God, though, like, in that note of what you're saying, I basically learned how to work out at home. I'm not a gym person as it Me was. Me too. Me too. I, like, wake up in the morning and walk around my apartment, and I do, like, four kilometers in my apartment sometimes, depending Fuck on Fuck yeah, I bro. Go. And then I read books and shit. Well, because yeah, I'm like I gotta get active. And then yeah, I got virtual reality, bro. That's some serious workout shit. Yeah. Then I got the Nintendo <laughs> Switch Ring Fit, bro. I'm telling you, video games and working out, <sighs> wonderful shit. But though, you end up learning all this at home hit exercise shit, right? Because you can just go on YouTube and yeah. do hit exercises too. And wildly, it's really it's not as glamorous as the gym, but like, it wildly works. Yeah, bro. It's just at some point you got to choose. It's like, yeah, you're not going to the fancy gym, getting the fancy weights, the AC, the fucking huge mirrors to look at yourself, fucking bicep curl and shit. But you're not going there to fucking show off. You're going there for yourself. I mean, whether you're at the gym, whether you're at your house, it should be the same fucking reason you're doing it. That's why me, I I got myself a little app. And uh, it's a keep fit app, I guess. And uh, I got my 20 to 30 minute workout every day, except for my rest days. And, uh, bro, it's keeping that shit makes me feel better, bro. It makes me feel like I I could actually get up in the morning and fucking get on my day, you know? I fucking swear planks. I started doing planks this year. I never really focused on core strength in my life before. I did. I feel like an entirely new human. I don't know how else to yeah, put it. Like, I'd be like, mm. it's like, you know, like, <laughs> and then you could like, like you get up easier. And now like when you squat, it's easier. And when you basically do everything in life, it's easier. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, your core strength. But you don't know uh, that. On the be- core. But yeah. so like, I've been working that shit. And then like the squats and all of that. Cause really I'm about that. Like what helps me dance better and like be yeah, active. Bro. So like I cycle like a motherfucker now which I've been doing for years, but now I'm trying to go faster and harder and like, you know, take it to like, uh, within the safety realms level of like fitness. So like <laughs> I'll do 40 kilometers in a day if I need to do traveling around, like no problem. Fuck yeah, bro. Especially as an artist, bro, you're on stage, you are fucking rapping your lyrics and you gotta be jumping, bro. Yeah. Not everybody could do that shit. Not everyone could pull that shit off. You got to. Uh, I remember, I was hyped up in one of my first shows and uh, I was doing one of my tracks, but one of my tracks, bro, I just speak and speak and speak and I don't take breaths almost, you know? 
And then I was getting into it. I was jumping and jumping and jumping and doing all my lyrics and shit. At one point, bro, I couldn't handle it, bro. I was a fucking out of breath and I just stopped, bro. I just stopped singing and I just started jumping up and going, what up, Montreal? Yeah, at least <laughs> Yo, you ha- I, I hit it. You handled that proper. <laughs> But I mean, that's when it hit me, bro. And I was like, yo, I have to start fucking jogging. I have to get my cardio up. Yo, it's mad important. So like when I am cycling, I'll sing. So now yeah, when bro, your heart, because you got to like when your heart rate is in that, like, and honestly, cycling isn't great for it anymore because my heart rate doesn't hit what it need to be. But like, if you're going to be like doing a proper energy on stage shit, you're probably 130, 140 BPMs when you're really like doing it. And then when you're jumping, jumping, you might even hit like 160 so now you need yeah, to know bro. how to like use your whole voice at 160 bpm of your heart and still it's hard bro and yo you have to practice it so like when i practice like lose weight i have a part now where i run in place for a minute but i practice with that run in place part now like i can't even practice the song without it because i need to know what it feels like and like like really work <laughs> it so like there's a whole like physical element to like the working out that's why everybody's in good shape when they perform for the most part because like yeah bro you know i was watching these metro metro performers and like the amount of jumping they do you gotta you just gotta be able to go at high energy for like an hour now like if you can't (laughs) get the fuck out even drake was doing it like drake's like yeah "Eh, i'm with it let's go (laughs) and i'm like you look at uh you just look at Dax, bro. Dax is the perfect example, bro. Doing burpees just to get warmed up. It's like, yo, what do you think he's doing outside of the show, you know? I mean, that's the thing. Is well, I, I don't know. I'm sure uh, either he just does enough to maintain the burpees, and that's like part of the gimmick, <laughs> and that's what he runs. It. But nah, he's like ripped. He clearly works out. Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. he does his shit. And like, I don't know. For me, it's like the active lifestyle. Like, the more active you get, it creates this circuit. Yo, because I use the Fitbit. It tells me how many calories are burning a day. And yeah, yeah. well, within its little Fitbit math, uh, and then that's a that's a score. As long as I keep that number motherfucking high, I'm Gucci. Yeah, <laughs> it's true though. Like it's calories in and out at the end of the day, and some other shit. And then you know, like you just move, and then the the better shape you get into, the harder you go. I've been going to shows and dancing and shit. You know, just going out on the weekend like I'm 21. <laughs> Oh, we ain't getting younger, you know? I was on stage with all these 20-year-old girls. I'm not dancing up on them. I'm dancing adjacent to them. (laughs) But I'm like, fuck, man. I'm in my 30s. But, yo, I'm, like, thinking, this is good cardio. And I'm not performing. And I can get, like, a good 30 or 40 minutes of high-intensity cardio in an environment that allows. (laughs) I'm like... Anyway, that's what I, I swear to fucking God, I think like this as I go to these events and I do shit. But people, like, back to your point, nobody's promoting this shit. Like, people, like, from a government level aren't really, like, promoting life hacks and tools to actually maintain um, health standards. Like, our nutritional health guides have heavy lobbying influences. So, even, like, breakfast cereals. Why the fuck do they still sell breakfast cereal to kids? That shit be poison (laughs) for kids. But yet, Fruit Loops be on the fucking shelf with cartoon (laughs) motherfuckers. Sugar flakes, bro. Here you go. Fucking add some milk to these sugar flakes and you're good to go. Even milk like, is questionable. Like, the level yeah, of degree bro. of milk we have. Like, I flipped to oat milk for a lot. 
because like you know because I, I agree the health shit i learned a lot and we're not taught that shit you have to like seek it out via the internet which we've already discussed it's a terrible place to seek out knowledge <laughs> <laughs> it really is bro it really is but i mean like see me i have a i have a garden bro i make a garden every year and shit you know so it's like if you follow i mean logic of how the world works if that shit's growing in your garden bro i mean i think it's good for us no yeah i mean vegetables fruits all that shit is fucking natural if you're starting to fucking modify shit and fucking turn it into a sweet fine powder that's called sugar or some shit it's like at some point you gotta question like okay small doses microdosing fucking sugar ain't the end of the world but i mean if you're eating a donut every fucking day bro i eat way more sugar than i'm supposed to every day that shit be drugs and we all yeah bro sugar is in everything one time a girl told me to like not eat sugar for a month and to look for or corn syrup glucose maltodextrin just that just try to cut that out of you that means no bread homies you see that bread yeah, in the no, supermarket? Bro. No, no, no pasta. None of that shit. You're cutting out so much fucking food because you can have brown pasta, I think. I think it's the white pasta that has corn syrup in it. Yeah, it's the white. Um, but yeah, like when you really run these ingredient list, it's almost like everything you're conditioned by marketing to enjoy contains corn syrup. And that shit's like... Corn syrup and sugar, bro. But even like, okay, like natural sugars is I right because some yeah, sugar, sugar cane but like it's more the synthetic sugars that are poisonous like mostly it's mostly corn syrup dude like it's almost in everything <laughs> yeah like it's in like it's probably 70 percent of processed goods in america have corn syrup yeah because it's what we buy you know it's like it's the consumer the consumer just buys that shit it's like who wants to fucking Make a supper that's gonna take two hours to fucking prepare, and then another hour to cook and shit. When nah, you can yeah, fucking, doing that. yeah, exactly, bro. You go buy a little fucking ten dollar pizza, bro. Stick that shit in the I oven mean, for fifteen you minutes. Can do a little bit more. I'll put an hour in across time. But like, yeah, I was just saying, you know. It's but like, no, nah, but it, it, yo, there's actually yo, cause with the life I have now, I got the day job. I do this shit, blah blah blah. Go to work. Yo, I ended up back on pizza pockets at work. Because <laughs> yo, that's what like, I mean, bro. It's easy. It's not just easy. It's also like, it's hard to buy certain like meals. I find cheaply. Like, yeah. I mean, I can sandwich the... up, but I don't want to eat a peanut butter sandwich. And then, like, if you start going down the cold cut path, <laughs> blah blah blah, you're adding all kinds of costs and shit, right? And now it's like, yeah, yo, bro. pizza pockets a dollar eighty for two pizza pockets. I could, I'm, I'm down. You know, it's some cheap shit. I know. It's true, bro. But like, it's true. Wildly, I'm trying to be cutting costs and shit. So it's like I'd be thinking as like, how, what, and it's not the best. I wish I'd put more into lunch, but I'm not down if I have to go to work. Because <laughs> when you go to work, it's even more complicated because now you got to do food prep, which is already fucking complicated. I know y'all yeah, might be bro. like, these are from first world ass problems, and they very much fucking are. <laughs> But there are still real problems in my life for time management. Like food prep, that shit is not like I have four hours on a Sunday right now. Bro, it's in a lot of our lives, bro. More than you think. Like, who has the time, bro? Time is like 
the most valuable thing we have in our life, and you don't want to spend it fucking. You know, it's the people who enjoy that shit. Yeah, exactly. Like the ones you see who post their food prep on Facebook, like I'd post a song. <laughs> it's true, bro. It's fucking true. And they like wildly will like not be. I'll see how much effort goes into this. And look, I tried like HelloFresh. It took me a yeah. really long time to dice the garlic. Like, like, <laughs> this isn't like a skill that I'm getting right off the jump is all I'm saying. I got to learn is what I'm saying. It's going to be slow. <laughs> it was embarrassing, oh, bro. Like, I wanted to like film it for an influencer type shit. It took me like 10 minutes to cut up this fucking garlic into little pieces. <laughs> and I felt so dumb the whole time. Shit, bro. But I mean, it's it's shit you gotta learn, you know. I mean, uh, you know, let, let, let's just like uh, go into fairy tale land real quick. Let's just say you, you was talking about the Ukraine war and shit that was going on, you know. But let's say, uh, who, who knows? Boom, fucking government say fuck it, let's go fuck with the Russia, and then boom, bombs going off everywhere, and. Whatever, bro. There's like uh, hundreds of people left in the world that survived these nuclear attacks, bro. There ain't no more pizza pockets. Facts, but but yeah. I, I I have my my solution for this shit. <laughs> I'm not alone, or I'm fucked. Yeah. If I'm alone, I'm fucked. In my version of this, <laughs> I collectivize up with people. And I leverage my other skills to be useful outside of the realm of huntering. I can gather. I can gather berries. I can go get fruits. <laughs> Somebody else can go fucking deal with some of that food prep shit. I'd, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll go scam. You, you know bro. what I mean? Like, that's my answer to that shit. Like, you're right, but I'm certain yeah. that other people in the team might be better at it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying, you know, it's it just like me and my boy was talking, you know, and it's like, what's the first thing you do if it happens, you know? People are like, the go-to is you go and take over Costco or the, the Metro or all that bullshit. Yeah, it's like, nah, fucking, bro. Honestly, I would get all those canned goods. Yeah, for sure, but everyone's going to do that. The, the thing you do, bro, you're going to laugh, is you go to the fucking library, bro. <laughs> You go to the library and you learn how to grow shit. Then <laughs> mm. you're blessed, bro. Then you know what to eat. You know, you're like, saying, bro, there's so go much Go to the shit, library bro. and jack all the horticulture books. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm not mad you know at what? this in the least. That's proper. <laughs> but you should also get some of those fucking perishable, non-perishables, because, bro, you're still yeah, going to need some sure, shit until that first crop sure, comes for through. Sure. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying For that. Sure, like, that's I got you. Like, I'm not even like saying that people like shouldn't be pursuing this shit. In fact, I really am in support of the stuff like community garden efforts and like people being more sustainable with it. Um, I might never really be that guy, but I I like to surround myself with those people because fuck that. The day I find a chef, homie, they're in the permanent entourage. You yeah. know what I mean, like. That, I feel you. I feel you. There's people that love it. Let them do. Let them do. <laughs> I'll go do stuff I love. <laughs> it's true, bro. I don't know. And I only say that because dead ass people love cooking. Like, I'll tell people how much I fucking hate this shit. 
and how stressing it is. And they'll be like, bro, what's wrong with you? When I cut potatoes, I get relaxed. I relax to this shit. And I'm like, fuck out of here. If it relaxes you, nah, bro. I'll clean the dishes, bro. I'll do that shit. I can watch <laughs> YouTube or whatever. <laughs> I hate doing both, bro. I just like the final result, bro. You, you, you get your fucking fresh meat pie fucking right out the oven. You're looking at that shit. You slice it up. Oh, fuck. It's different, you know? Mm. But I mean, I hate the process. I hate doing that. I hate that shit too, bro. Packs. You just gotta balance some shit in your life, you know? Nah, I deal with I well I'm I'm not even gonna lie. Uber Eats got hella expensive. There's no choice no more. Gotta cook. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going inflation, bro. Everything's expensive now. Nah, it's it's uh it's gonna be a weird time. I got I, I, you know what's gonna happen though? When the money does flow again in this country, I'm gonna be real cheap. <laughs> Or at least <clears throat> my purchases will be well more thought out. Like, it'll look like I'm real cheap in a moment. Like, in the <laughs> moment, bro, I'm going to be like, nah. But then you'll see, like, I'll buy expensive for things than I ever could back when I was being more in the moment. Because, yo, I'll be like, <laughs> if you're not doing the Uber Eats at all, right? Like, you do it, let's say, once a month now. That's a lot of extra cash you end up having. So now you're, at this point, I'm saving more than the inflation. So I have more liquidity in my life. <laughs> and it's inspiring shit, bro. It's like, hmm, how can I create more wealth so I'm never broke again? I want to be NBA Holden, like, or whatever. Like, and, you know, the never broke yeah. again people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. All it comes down to, uh, you know, you still got to do what you love. That's why I'm still making music. Facts. I, I still got to uh, have three tracks you know my boy asked me um what's the hardest thing in making music you know and uh i don't know if you're gonna agree with this but it's uh the hardest thing in making music is having the confidence to drop your song bro it comes down to that me personally i have dozens of tracks right now ready to go fucking mix mastered everything's done bro i almost know them by heart and I'm never going to drop them. I have no idea why, bro. I'll be honest with you. That is one thing I've never understood as an artist. I might need that problem more is what they tell me. Because I put out a lot of bad sounding stuff by conventional standards of bad. I just don't. <laughs> like, sometimes it's I'll, good. I'll drop some shit on some reasons that have nothing to do with art. Okay, like, like it might just be like I have a, a fucking feeling or whatever, and that's enough for me. And then that's enough good. And then later on in life, I learned more about how bad that sounded when I listened to other shit. And I'm like, oh, maybe this wasn't the hottest look nine years into my career. <laughs> but but it this, comes down, bro. You got consistency. Yeah, I'm not, but the thing is, it's like I dropped a lot of music over the years like i'm i don't even think my worst shit's bad at this point like i think it's like adequate like on bare acapella raw vocal performance alone i don't think i'm gonna drop anything i think it's trash but like i don't know i i just can't fathom it even in high school when i wrote poems i made people read them and shit like i was the guy that was in your face like bro read my shit and it was probably <laughs> yeah. really shit 
So <laughs> I've never understood the other side, but I know a lot of people who do that. But y'all shit's polished, so it's not like like it creates a more polished result usually when you do really stuff. But my theory is most people can't tell a difference of shit and I bet everything you have in there is dope and the song you hate the most is the one people are gonna like the most. Bro, I know, bro. I dropped this track that I hated so much, bro. And when I dropped it, people were coming up to me and, and the track name was Gamma Pukam So It's a French Yeah, I heard that one. French like title. Yeah, bro. It's a good fucking and Exactly, song. yo. People at work, bro, they were coming up to me and he's like, Kitsfella. And then they start laughing, and I was like, yo, what? Yo, people are listening hardcore to that track. Oh. I was like, okay, bro. That's cool. Yeah, but it comes down to lack of confidence. You know, it's like, I can't be just dropping everything I don't think is, like you said, if I think it's trash, do I really want to drop it, you know? Well, if you think it's trash, then it's trash to you. So then don't drop it. Yeah, exactly. See, I drop shit without a lot of quality control we'll say i yeah. don't have a lot of forethought i mean as as i get older i care more and as i care more well i want more of a return on investment i want that business shit you were describing more and it's not lost on me that letting the damn song spit in spotify for a month and a half ain't gonna change shit versus yeah. doing it in a week <laughs> and a half whereas back then it had to be like yo i got the song the song was out that day and I'm like, I don't know if that was the best choice all these years later. <laughs> I put out some that. very bad mixes. I have made some very poor creative choices. I put out everything. Yeah, that's good, though. comes down to it's consistent, bro. As long as you're consistent, you're always on the fucking algorithms and shit. So it's very good. Nah, it's, a lot of this was pre-algorithms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there was no Spotify back then. I was dropping this shit on YouTube kind of inconsistently and making a lot of music. And it was just before okay, that. Yeah. Now the Spotify era kicks in and I'm on my album mode. Not a good move yeah. for Spotify. It was actually the opposite of what I probably should have did because I put out a lot of tracks at once. And then I had to learn yeah. how hard it is to put out 13 songs in the Spotify area <laughs> yeah. at once. Then, That's um, true, bro. And then I put out a lot last year, but that was on some other shit. I wasn't even trying to play with the algorithm. I was just trying to be like, I could make a very high volume of music in a very short period of time if I put my mind to it. Are they good? Oh, yeah, bro. I don't know. That's up for the world <laughs> to decide. Some of them That's true. are really hot. And I'm sure we wouldn't agree. If we went through every one of my songs, you and I wouldn't agree on which ones are good. Nobody ever agrees with me. And everybody picks songs I think are not even my favorites. And then no, you know, that's what ends up happening. It's like, what am I going to do? Now I'm going to rap about pickle chips for the rest of my fucking life. And that's just what the universe <laughs> decided. Yeah, I've see, I seen some of your tracks, bro. And it goes wild, bro. It's fucking cool, though. Because, I mean... You still end up talking about something and it still makes a track, you know? And it's like some guy out there, some girl out there is just going to be like, yo, this is a dope track. And I mean, in the end, as an artist, I think that's what we do it for. Facts. Do you relate to this track? Do you like the track? Do you like listening to it? Well, that's what I made it for. Put out all that unreleased shit then, if you don't, unless you think it's trash. <laughs> See, bro, I'll tell you a little quick story. It's, uh, I, I, I had, to. Uh, I had a track, bro, that I was debating on, debating on. And 
one of my boys comes up to me and he's like, so you've been working on new stuff. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I actually have. And he's like, show me. And then I showed him the track, bro. And he was going crazy. He's like, when are you dropping this? I looked at him. I'm like, I don't even think I'm going to drop it. And the, my boy was about to smack the shit out of me, bro. He's like, what do you mean you're not dropping this? And uh, I ended up dropping that track, you know? And I mean, the, the numbers on the track weren't good, bro. Nothing was good. It's, it's a track I'm sure you haven't even heard of. It's falling down, you know? And uh, You know, I might have heard it in the sense of I've listened to a lot of your music in, you know, the last little bit. But, yeah, I hear you. That, 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 that track was, like, uh, one of the tracks I wrote during the COVID time, you know? And uh, about how, what, was, what I was feeling, I guess, how it was and all that oh, shit. Oh, no, I did hear that one. That one's on your YouTube uh should be it's on pretty much all the platforms yeah no i mean i bumped that today <laughs> yeah <laughs> but see it's like that track it's like something i wasn't ready to drop and then boom i drop it and i still got positive feedback you know so it's like i gotta learn you know i'm still i still i still got shit to learn you know i mean uh your feedback's a wild snare of trapness like yeah. what i mean is like i don't even really ask people for feedback like that no more to be honest with you i don't that's good i mean i don't know what to do with it everybody's feedback is not good or useful i mean people will sometimes offer meaningful criticisms where i will agree or disagree fair enough but like yeah. half the time people just want me to rap different and i'm like well maybe you're just not yeah. a fan of me and i'm okay there with you that go. you know like like, that's where it is. So, like, I mean, look, people who tell me what songs are meaningful to them and shit, that's useful. Like, what songs they like. But at this point, the data is telling me. So, I don't yeah, really exactly, know if I bro. need people to tell me that Chris Crumb's supposed to be on track three is evidently not a terrible song. <laughs> Algorithms <laughs> doing that for me. People keep listening that's to true. certain ones. So, you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you can just go test shit live by just performing your shit live and seeing what people react to. And then... Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you, you probably heard of the fucking artist uh, Nickelback. They're amazing. Bro, a lot of people think it's trash. Super okay? trashed. A lot of people do, but they're wrong. But exactly. Once they go home and they turn on Photograph, put the shit in their ear, and they're like, oh, I, I love this song. That song but yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if it's that's my, one, that's not my Nickelback shit. That's like my least favorite, but I got you. But there you go. Yo, how you remind me is a banger. Bro, I don't know. I personally it's don't high. like, I don't it's listen to Nickelback. Okay. But Super banger. I'm just saying, even like Post Malone, when he was starting, bro, everyone was like, oh, I hate him. I hate him. But then they go home and listen to him. So it's like, it all comes down to the personal opinion is different to a group opinion. You know what I mean? So it's like that track that guy loves when he's surrounded with 10 people might not love that track anymore. So like you say, the algorithms will tell you a lot more than an opinion. So you're right 100%. So you're right too to say that you shouldn't listen to all these opinions. Well, and I'm just... not saying you should disregard opinions. No. But like I'm not really going out of my way to ask 100 rappers what they think about my song no more. No, exactly. There's no point. And you think of it too. If people hate your track, most likely they're going to show someone else that they hate it. And uh, I'm okay with no, that. No. Feel free. People, exactly, please tell bro. people you hate my shit. 
Yeah, bro. All publicity is good, bro. <laughs> but nah, I mean, it's just like I don't know if it's a confidence thing or not. I just think people worry about the product and what people will think about it. And I spent a lot of time with people, and nobody in people ever cares about the things artists care about. No, I fucking know. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I don't have to. And then it was really hard. It was really hard to put out really badly make stuff at first. I didn't enjoy it. I felt like you guys feel. And then I would hear my shit next to other people's shit, and it's so glaringly poorly shit. But I got better, to be honest. I got a lot yeah. better with volumes, at least. And recording, and I just upped my game so it doesn't sound as ass. And But even to that end, it's like... Man, it's all about, to me, the live show now. Because that's really the funnest part. And can I perform this shit live? And can I connect with people? Because if you don't resonate with my music, fine. But if you go to my live show, you might resonate with my music. And then when you listen to it after, you're going to hear that and have the memory of me whipping somebody in the head with a bag of pickle chips. (laughs) (laughs) And that shit, maybe you like the song more. I don't know. Maybe you don't. It's true, bro. It's fucking true. But it's. But I feel that, At bro. the very least, I'm having a hell of a lot more fun out. The live scene is open again, and it's changed my priorities again. And a lot of my music making is linked to my immediate priorities and what I care about. So now the live show matters. So everything I'm writing now, it's like, how's this going to go live? How am I going to perform this? Like, I don't even want BPMs less than 140. <laughs> It's true, bro. I feel you 100%. Me too. I'm in the studio, bro, and I'm just thinking of how it's going to sound live. And then I'm always telling the guy at the end of the sh- like his shift, you know, it's like, bro, give me a show mix too. Uh, it gives you the show mix. And then I'm in the car and I'm like, bro, got to do this, this, this. All right, man, this is actually a live track. So then I put in the live track folder. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's fun. Um but yeah, do you have any like albums or anything that you're working on? Actually, I was listening, like I said, you know, I've been listening to a lot of producers and artists and shit. And uh, they, they, the, 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 what can I say? The, the logical way to get me the best consistency is to drop one track at a time. Like I said, I got a dozen of tracks. So I have an album almost ready right now, but I had dropped the I'm done album uh, about two years ago. And uh, I get more for my money, I guess, when I drop one track at a time rather than drop the whole album. It's, I mean, from like a a numbers perspective and a focus perspective. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Because there's this track in my, one of my favorite tracks from the album is called uh, down for the ride. And uh, some people haven't even heard of it. And I'm like, bro, it's part of this album. And they're like, bro, I never heard of this. And I'm disappointed, you know? It's like, fuck, might as well just redrop that track. But I can't do that, obviously. It's already out there. But it's like, that's why now I'm focusing always on one track, making sure everything's good, make a cover for it, do this, do that, do that, then drop that one track. Boom. So then people hear that track. And they hear it. Everyone hears it. And then I can go on to the next one. I'd rather do that than drop an album. I'm not big enough for an album, you know? That's my opinion. But I think uh, I think I'm better off dropping a track at a time. Yo, from a business perspective, everything you're saying make mad sense. 
As an artist, I'm baffled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro. Don't get me wrong. I get where you're coming from. It's like the focused nature of ensuring that you 100% get the focus on all the effort you put in. And as time goes on, I've got, like, my next project. And this time I'm paying for mixing. And I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. How am I going to run up this shit? How am I going to get this to the numbers to match the last? How are we going to grow this? How are we going to? Yeah. And you're like bro. introducing one song at a time for like half the album even is probably going to get me more. Like at this point, you could put out 75. Like Joyner Lucas did that. He put out like 75% of his project before he dropped his project. Yeah, which is also reasonable. But his fan base, his reach was a lot bigger than ours. You know, it's like. He 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 had people under his wing. Well, he was under people's wings, but still, he had a way better reach, you know. So it's like it's more tempting to drop a whole fucking album. No, but what I'm saying is, is he dropped like most of that album, the ADHD, was out when ADHD yeah. dropped. Like 75 percent of the songs had come out as singles by the time that shit came out. Like it was more. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's how he played that. Like, it was almost like a joke. But now, in hindsight, it's like, yo, he actually probably made a lot more money doing it like that. Probably, yeah. Most likely. Which is still a smart tactic. Can, like, marketing-wise, it's pretty good. Because it comes down to, boom, you drop no songs. You just drop the album. People are probably going to listen to one or two tracks. When it's track three, that's the fucking best track of the album. You know, and no one heard it. So it's like one at a time, I think, is the best bet. At least the, maybe this phase when you're trying to like get this shit up. Do you have like shows yeah. lined up that you're going to be going to? I'm actually working on uh, booking a venue for myself and uh, a couple more artists that are going to come through. Uh, working real close with a bar. And uh, I know the manager and shit. So uh, getting a little sneak peek i'm gonna be doing a show for sure real soon i just don't want to set dates yet till they're confirmed and i don't want to set nothing but it's looking great man it's looking real good and then uh, i'm trying to get back onto that fucking bandwagon with my afton but right now it's because of the covid shit they're not in canada yet so as soon as they get back in canada bro i'm hopping back on that that's gonna be doing at least a show every second week or some shit Wow. All around Montreal, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough. And I might be doing, uh, might be doing some uh, shows with you too, you know, yeah, on the, thanks. on the speaker, bro. Fuck, why not, man? Get as much as I can this year. Yo, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a vibe. What, how it turns out, Fuck nobody yeah, bro. fucking knows yet. That's why we invented. <laughs> you never know who walks by, bro. No, but grandma's was walking by last time, and that's when we all got like the cosign. Was when this grandma gave a shit for not having a tip cup we didn't really want a tip cup bro like let's be real it's not really but the fact that like an old lady high key got mad at us for not having a tip cup was one of the most inspirational like wow we got something here because we just be rapping cussing Smoking weed, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and you're granny like, with her cane popping granny be like, this is very <laughs> enjoyable. COVID, I like every kind of entertainment now. Let's run it. And I'm like, we like hip hop too. I'm like, this is fucking wild, but I really enjoyed it. And I think uh, we tried it with freestyles last year, and I don't believe that most people can freestyle good enough to do this in a park to the level of what I'm trying to accomplish, including myself. I'm not. 
I have not seen what good enough looks like. I'm not. So why are we going to do things I'm not the best at at my own show? <laughs> Sounds silly. Let's do songs. People know how to do yeah, songs. Bro. I know how to do songs pretty great. And now I'm just booking people like, yeah, we'll, we'll run it and we'll see how it goes. And Fuck yeah, bro. You do your shows and then we all grow collectively. That's what it is, bro. Because like, I see it as uh, there's not really a fan base going on and shit. You're just going to have fun. You're practicing, you know? So it's like, yeah, you're better off practicing your show set in these things so that when you go to do your show, bro, you're warm the fuck up. You know? You're ready for everything. So I, I, that's why I'm down with your shit. Yeah, I'm down like fuck just to go fucking have fun, you know, have fun and not have the pressure of, I can't fuck up. You know, there's like a hundred people in the, you know, I mean, just hopefully there's a hundred people. It's not like fucking downplaying a hundred people here. Let's be fucking a little bit more hopeful with that. But I got, <laughs> I got a little poster now that's going to have the little QR code that'll point to a link tree that has each week's artist info and shit. So like we're going a little more legitimate this time. I mean, hopefully it arrives on time. Hopefully. But we bought it. <laughs> We're going to be doing it all summer, bro. So, I mean, you know, it's still going to be lit as fuck. Yeah, but, no. I mean, it's not a bar. It's not like a, a legit show. Nah, it's, gonna it's be not. Like... This is more like in the park <laughs> and it could turn into a legit show. As in, if we can prove that there's interest, I then have to go make it legitimate with permits. Well, bro, I mean... We could anyway. We'll, we'll talk about this on another on another set on another time. But I mean, bro, if we can make it big, bro, it'd be fucking dope. But it won't get big if it doesn't start <laughs> small. Oh, we gotta start somewhere. So that's what I'm saying. Sure. Like, but that's the goal. Is then it's not even just to leave it at the park. It's to like, so the park for the summer to me is like a target. I don't know how big or small it gets, but if you run it consistently every day at the same time, people will get to know it in the community. People that live there. That's the big goal. Is I want NDG. Now, there's like two or three venues in energy. I need to know I can sell 100 tickets to get these venues. So how am I going to get yeah. to that point? We run it in the park over and over again, get 100, 200 people that give a shit about it, then migrate that shit into this like paid venue version where people will then front the cost. And so it is with the goal of elevating, and then you build it at this level. Then next thing you know, you're at Club Soda. Fuck yeah, bro. But it could take a few years. But like, and then... As time goes on, yeah, we get it more permity. But like, if I don't charge <laughs> for anything and I just show up with my speaker and my flyer and some microphones and an amp in a park, and it's disorganized and it's messy, cops ain't gonna fuck with us. That's true, bro. That's fucking true. Anyways, if anything, bro, you could just pack up and go to another that's, park that's or it. just call it a but, day. But like that's like the the it's legal. I, I checked with the mayor's exactly. Yeah. So like I'm within the confines now. And then listen, if we have problems, like we need to go more legitimate. These are very good problems to have, my friend. It is, bro. Yeah, that's true. So like that's not even a threat to me. But yeah, it would be cool to have you come through. Um, where can people cop your merch? Bro, right now my merch is on a private events only because uh i am rebranding new shirts new hats i am in the process of making all my stuff uh so they're not out officially but my next show i'm gonna have a limited amount of shirts that i'll be throwing in the crowd and also the announcement of my new 
product. So uh, that's a sneak peek that nobody knows of. Now you got to go to the told new, anyone. next Instinct show to find out about the product. And the, here's the thing. So y'all got to follow Instincts the Rapper on Instagram to now find out when the show is coming to get the secret product. Bro, that's what it is, bro. You're going to have to follow me on all the platforms. I am going to be fucking going crazy this summer. I'm going to be with my boy right here. We're going to be doing some shows. Yeah, we no, might. we gonna get it this year, bro. No, really, and I'm sticking my hands into all these pots to make sure that we all fucking there. I'll, I'm gonna go to the South Shore. <laughs> Everyone, block your ears, bro. I mean, you it's, like, <laughs> it's like wild. I mean, I, I'm not sure I'm brave enough to head all the way to RDP yet. That shit's far, but the South Shore is not as far as I thought. In fact, there are places like, arguably. I can get to the South Shore quick by Uber. It's just when you take public transit, yeah. it's miserable. And then there's always a homeboy with a car if you look for it. It's just like, it's more fun to say the South Shore is ridiculously far. It just, it's just more fun. I'm a Montrealer, right? I'm fucking booty. It used to. My shit be 514, right? Like, there's no 438 in my life. My shit is 514. <laughs> Bro. Nah, shit used to be far, and now it's just developed, though. That, that's what's cool, you know? 50-minute drive, bro. Yo, but there's nothing place, taller yeah. than four stories, okay? <laughs> nothing is taller than four stories, and it's creepy, okay? It's, I, <laughs> bro, it changed, bro. <laughs> it changed, I'm telling you, okay, bro. Okay, baby, I went to, like, Long Gay or whatever to drop off an amp, and I was just yeah. in the South Shore looking around, driving, or, like, whatever <laughs> happened. I was driving through it, and, like, bro, everything's short compared to montreal it was really weird it was like yeah. is there a, and then i googled it and there well there was a city bylaw and it capped everything at four <laughs> stories and i'm like that's so weird it's like montreal but no 20 something story <laughs> buildings and shit and i'm like that's no it's true it's true super but, bizarre bro. vibe <laughs> <laughs> bro if you'd reach out where i live right now bro i live next to a fucking mountain bro mountain is huge you know and we're living around the fucking mountain bro it's crazy so the only fucking 20 story building is the mountain <laughs> everything else is two stories bro i would it's fucking i would like to go to where you are sometime to be honest that sounds pleasing <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's all much it it's is, all fucking it is. city shit i'd be cycling through yeah. it and i love it but see here's the thing i go to the mountain for like a day and a half and then i want to go back but that day and a half yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah it was the same thing for me though i like the city but after two three days bro it's like damn i need my parking spot <laughs> i hate parallel parking and shit <laughs> i hear that but show man i appreciate you coming through and doing this you're you're a very passionate interesting fellow and i really think you like <laughs> running this shit and taking it mad serious and whatnot fuck and yeah bro cool. And so yeah, y'all gotta like make sure to follow again. Instincts the rapper uh, at Instagram, and that's uh, like the at with Instincts the rapper, and that's the best. That's like getting him there. I just tell everybody Instagram because who cares about Facebook? And then from there, there's the link to the YouTube and shit, and you can find Instincts on Spotify, spell like that and whatnot. But yeah, so I tell everyone to go there and make sure to follow the dude and show love and whatnot, like. Yo, people really be trying to do things inside the city right now, and it's it's dope. Respect, bro. Respect. Do you have any like upcoming stuff you want to announce outside of that shit, or anything? Like last words for the peeps. 
last thing I could say is, well, I'm going to be dropping a track real soon. So if you're all following me on Instagram, for sure, I'll be fucking dropping out little sneak peeks here and there. Worked really hard on this next track. So I uh, hope y'all going to love it. I hope y'all support my music. Yeah, that's really dope. And Dell says he's going to check you out. And Chris Chrome came through at one point before. So Respect, bro. Respect. Honestly, man, I really like your energy, and I look forward to like seeing what comes from it in the future, man. I appreciate you a lot. I appreciate everybody that watched this with us. Y'all are wonderful in the various platforms you be at. And then I appreciate all of you that watch this in the future, too, because you're wonderful as well. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good shit that you're supposed to do. And then, yeah, man, I really, I really enjoyed the vibe of this. Um, anything that goes past two hours to me is like you know you would you were an interesting fellow with stuff to say damn in two hours bro it's two hours 20 or so bro for real damn so on that shit note, flies bro everybody live long and prosper everyone <laughs> i fucking swear every episode man mm-hmm.